This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, you can see what we have on offer and join the many, uh, not in a system shock two way, in a good way. Um, also want to point out uh, that we have a new show on the network called Everything to Guppy. If you go to everythingtoguppy.cat, you can see that there. That's me and Will Hughes covering every item in The Binding of Isaac, uh, that video game series. It comes out uh, short, and it comes out Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays, and Sundays on the days that Monster My Podcast doesn't come out. So check out that new show. Please join us on Patreon, and thanks to everyone who has done both of those things, and thanks to everyone who has done just one of those things, either one. Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And for episode number 187, we are talking about 187 Ride or Die, the driving combat game by Ubisoft released in 2005. Yeah. No. Uh, right. We're choosing yep. Ride or Die, text ride. <laughs> no, we're actually uh, covering Hearts of Stone, which is uh, the first expansion for The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, released later on in 2015. Yeah, and uh, this is a, a sequel. This is a DLC for the podcast series we did on The Witcher 3. So just jam, download this, and then jam it onto that one. Yeah. Uh, and like like any DLC, uh, <laughs> we're not covering the basics again. We just assume you've already played the game. Yeah, we have a whole and, episode about the basics. Yes. So it's like 11 hours. Go back and listen to that. Yeah. Uh, that's episode 176. Mm-hmm. If you want to, uh, if you want to hear that and kind of hear us talk about Witcher Three combat and Witcher Three kind of general systems, and these characters, yeah, um, because those things are generally unchanged. Um, it's Hearts of Stone still feels like the base game, but uh, there's an additional NPC or kind of major NPC. They'll kind of help you craft runes uh, and such, which we will talk about. So we will talk about the new systems. We're not going to talk about the old systems, right? So. Uh, the way you stated that it made it sound like we spent eleven hours talking about the uh, the generalities. No, we, we, we spent eleven hours talking about inventory limits. Yes. So, so <laughs> yep. First um, of all, the history of the letter I, <laughs> um, and, and then about six hours, then we say, on the other hand, yes. On the other hand, now it's time for the counterpoint. <laughs> Dan Carlin's hardcore inventory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's like a it's like it's like a two and a half hour listen. Uh, which is a lot because Witcher Three is a uh, is is a complicated game, but we're here to talk about this expansion, which represents uh, kind of a collection of these three amazing short stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one one major kind of arc, yes. You know, with this, but this uh, this very contained story that is, uh, and we're not uh, alone in this, but this is largely considered to be the best story that the uh, the games tell, right. and possibly the best story that the uh, the property tells. Um, you know, that part, that last bit is a little bit more contentious. There are book fans mm-hmm. who, who don't think so. People who like the games, this is kind of largely considered to be the high watermark 
for a game series that already has a lot of high watermarks. Yes. Uh, so this is, you know, uh, the, the, the pool is overflowing at this point. Yeah, it it is um, an unqualified recommendation, um, even if you haven't played the base Witcher 3, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think that you can jump right into this. It's a little weird yep. doing so, and it's poorly balanced for it. So I guess that's like as far as, uh, you know, advice early on. If you if you listen to our Witcher 3 episodes, you're like, that sounds pretty good, but I can't play for that long. Play this, um, bump it down in difficulty. Like, I think this is actually balanced really well for normal. Or I played through all of the things on Blood and Broken Bones uh, and liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, I started, um, I had some some drama in my life with uh, with my cat, which people know about, um, which I wasn't able to replay this, but I played it in, you know, December. So it's it's still pretty fresh. Um, the uh, I started replaying it to see the beginning again, and it does kind of drop you in. If you just start the DLC game, mm-hmm. it's kind of bad. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't do a good job of setting you up. Oh. Um, you don't have good equipment. You don't have good, like, you know, cause usually you do this after you play the main game. Yeah. And you're, um, and, and you've you kind of learned the combat system. Like it opens up with a pretty difficult boss fight, actually. very difficult boss fight. And, and you don't have, I mean, you just don't really basic things just starting with the DLC. It doesn't give you, so you don't have very many potions research. You don't have very many decoctions research. You don't have very much in the way of like any resources. Yeah. You know, they kind of give you a, a medium armor and just say, let's go, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, I don't want to go grind up that stuff right you know i started this again just to play the dlc so that's i i think that's a kind of a rare fumble on on behalf of this developer to mm-hmm. not give you a little bit more, more momentum there yeah. so like I, I guess in i say that in terms of recommending this as a standalone thing for people listening yeah still recommended but i would bump down the difficulty and just yeah. go into it with an set of expectations knowing that the intended experience for this is after you've played the main game right and the next order uh, kind of recommendation would be like if you played the base Witcher three and never popped your top on the uh, on the expansions, uh, go for it. Like if you just oh, never pick this up, like it is one thousand yeah. percent. Like it it is an insane value and is one of the best. Like it, the Witcher three is already like one of the best games you know we've ever played. It's you know top five game you know for me. And then this is the best part of that. Like if I had to choose between the Witcher three base game and this, I would choose this. Yeah. Um, this is incredible. Um, we will, for the people asking, uh, no one's asked yet, but we are going to get around to blood and wine. That's gonna be later in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will be in 2018. Yeah. That will have to be a two part episode because that is a much beefier expansion than this. Yes. In, in every way that is kind of a gameplay focused expansion with a lot of new monsters to fight. Um, this is the story expansion. Um, you know, it's kind of, uh, this is, that's the main kind of thrust of this. Right. Uh, so the, the center of hearts of stone is a version of uh, Poland's telling of the Dr. Faustus story, uh, Mr. Twardowski, Twardowski mm-hmm. um, which is a famous legend in Poland, but you understand this this kind of thing inherently. It is a deal with the devil story. Yes, uh, it is your Crossroads starring Ralph Macchio. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or starring Cream. Or starring Britney Spears. That was also, oh, yeah, they, yeah, Britney Spears did a movie called Crossroads that did not involve Satan in any way. No. But it did it and did not involve Ralph Macchio. No, Macchio. I don't know why I pronounced it like that, but there we go. No, I, I, I did. I don't. I don't think you did. <laughs> I think you did, right? So, yeah. Um, so all of this is kind of uh, centered around these two. It's got so this story has two antagonists, but the primary one, the one that is the you know the the the, the devil in this, uh, is Gaunter Odim, kind of a classic satanic or Neolithic figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the senior. This is this is important to me. The senior writer of the expansion. Uh, Carolina Stakria, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it, uh, said that the character was inspired by Randall Flagg, 
uh, slash Walter O'Dim, different names for the same person uh, from the Dark, from the Dark Tower books, and also by uh, Leland Gaunt, the villain of Needful Things, which is you know a similar story about uh, deals from the devil. So there's yes. a Stephen King connection here. Yeah, being careful what you uh, what you wish for. Yeah, in general, are things those characters all uh, have in common? Um, yeah. Uh, it's like a, 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 the, the, the playful Satan, <laughs> you know, there's like regular Satan. He's just hanging out in yeah. hell and yeah, rah, he's, rah, rah. he's down there mowing down on Judas. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm grumpy. And then there's, there's playful Satan. Who's like, Hey, I wager that, you know, like the Satan of the Care Bears two movie. <laughs> that's, that's the Satan that we're looking at here. Yeah. So a kinder, gent- gentler Satan. Yeah. Like, like the kind that makes deals. Yeah. Say. So, <laughs> You know, president of hell deals you know, is, is, is who we're talking about here. Only the best uh, and, demons. <laughs> and you may you may remember Gontor him because he's actually they seeded this very early on. Uh-huh. Um, he is the reason why Geralt found Yennefer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's the person who put you on the trail. He's the person who in a very, very subtle scene, you know, and, and I believe they have it seated. Like, I believe this was unintentional. Mm-hmm. Um, he is actually all over Witcher 3 in a bunch of real subtle ways. Yeah. Um, so he, he shows up like he's the one who, you know, when you say like lilac and gooseberries, he's like, yep, I know exactly who that is. This is where you go. <laughs> of course, he knows he's omniscient, uh-huh. um, more or less omniscient. Um, he's the person who tricked the dwarves who are on that shrouded aisle. Um, he oh, did yeah? a bunch of. Yeah. Like he he shows up. There's a lot of like that's like Mr. Mirrodin or something like that. Oh, or, or yeah. Mr. Mirror Murray, I think is what it is. Okay. There's all these little hints of things like of people in the main game who have gotten tricked by things that is actually this guy. Huh. So phenomenal, like, like really, really good for them to kind of see that. And it's so masterful where they put that in the main game when you first meet him, because you don't just, he's maybe a little bit weird, uh-huh. but I think for me, since it was my first Witcher three experience, he felt a little weird in a video gamey way. Right. Like, Oh, this is a very unusually helpful NPC. I bet you he turns out to stab me in the back later. You know, right. I just kind of think, Oh, this is video game tropes. I did not <laughs> expect him to be kind of all knowing because he's, he's Satan. Yeah, you know, because he's the devil. <laughs> um, really, really cool. And there's there's a big list. If you go on the Wikipedia, um, you can find or on the the Witcher wiki, not on Wikipedia, you can find a bunch of um, like all the things that he has said to have done in kind of his history <laughs> profile. And uh, that person who I shouted out last time we did these episodes, this proper bird lady who does YouTube's, uh, does a really good kind of two part conjecture history of the character hmm. uh, thing as well. Yeah, uh, as well worth it if you're you're a Gaunter Odin maniac like I am. <laughs> Uh, because he's a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic villain. He he certainly uh, is. Uh, and you you brought this to my attention as well. Like he introduces himself to you in a really dramatic way in the story of Hearts of Stone. Um, however, he's pretty much in the background of everything. Like yes, you can you know if you're paying attention, you can spot him just kind of posted up, um, either in in disguise or just hiding in plain sight. Because in general, he doesn't look like an evil guy. He just looks kind of like a schlubby. Like, like like a schlubby nobody. Yeah. Yep. He's got a unique, he's got a face that's really, you know, it's unique to NPCs in this game. Right. So you can notice it, but it, it's subtle enough. So they do that kind of like the G-Man in the background trick from Half-Life thing, which I'm just like always there for, you know, or Joker watching you in, in Arkham Knight. Yeah. Um. Very, very cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um. We already kind of lauded uh, this game in general. Um, all those kind of gameplay things, you know, we'll, we'll talk about those, those runecraft stuff, uh, kind of as it shows up, but we're going to kind of get right into it. Yeah. Um, and since this is so story focused, we're not going to do a summary really, other than to say it is a deal with the devil story mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of take it from there. And it is, uh, it is my favorite deal with the devil story. Yes. I think this is my favorite articulation of this, 
Um, and in classic kind of Witcher three style, like has a lot of kind of shades of gray to it. Mm -hmm. Um, there aren't really, you know, purely evil or purely, uh, good people involved in this. And you as Geralt, you don't end up strictly on the side that you would expect of that deal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is more like in, in, in Witcher three, what makes this series and franchise special fashion, um, your role is much more complicated. Um, so let's, uh, are we, are we ready to get into it? I am champing at the bit, Gary. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. Oh, oh, settle down, Roach. How, how, how good is it to, uh, to just be back with the boy? Oh, so good. I like this guy a lot. They, they, um, Brian Wade has been playing this game and has been, uh, tweeting about it a lot, mm-hmm. uh, friend of the show. And he pointed out that they, they're making a little statue of him in the bathtub. Ooh. And it's like, I, I'm like, I would, I would have that on my shelf. Yep. <laughs> I just like, I like this boy and Brian, Brian Wade beat uh, blood and wine. And there's a, a real like that that uh dlc is like supposed to be a coda like that's the have happily ever after for for Geralt. Mm-hmm. and uh he like posted you know twittered a, a screenshot of it and i was just like yeah you know what that's, that's a good boy like i, I just <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that you know yeah. aw, we, we, we should we should be clear when you say a good boy you're not talking about roach you're talking about Geralt. yes okay yeah and and, and brian yeah the <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i mean brian is a scoundrel but yeah he's he's, he's a scoundrel and a good boy yeah well, much like much like uh uh, oh, oh, uh yeah he's 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 uh most like Elgard. he's yeah. uh also complicated yeah. <laughs> brian wade is an old character yes he's an old figure in this yeah. in this mythology yeah the mythology of my life um <laughs> let's uh let's 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 go bit champer yeah let's, let's start it up <laughs> so so to get all this started you have to go uh to a specific uh like message board like a like a notice board uh to get a uh to get a job that is being handed out by one Olgird von Everick, this uh, this kind of lord who has fallen into disrepute. He wants you to slay a monster who is loose in the sewers. And and you know this will be special because when you go to this board, uh, it interfaces differently. You get a little cutscene <laughs> um, and you see somebody. And this board is actually really fun because a, a couple of things that are on it are hints about things later uh, <laughs> as well. There's somebody looking for a date to a wedding you're going to go to later. Um, there's a bunch of little kind of like seating <laughs> uh, what the rest of the experience is going to be, but you get this new, you know, it's all stuff like somebody wants a date. That's not Witcher work, so you think. <laughs> um, but somebody, you know, just says like, "Hey, there's a monster that needs slain." Yeah. So you head over to this estate. Yeah. Uh, the Everick Estate. I love this introduction to the Wild Ones because they're just destroying this house, uh, which turns out not to be theirs. Yeah. And yep. no, uh, nobody at first at first nobody answers to Olgir's name, and then they pull a Spartacus, and all of them say, "I'm Olgir." Yeah, they they all they all do this thing, and it's a little bit like, okay, guys, you know, and that that's you know that's how how Geralt responds to this as well, um, you know, them. So this these are the you call them the wild ones as the nickname for the Redanian uh, Free Company, right? Um, so this is like a mercenary bandit band, uh, and they are known for their distinctive haircuts. Um, <laughs> this haircut is actually based on the guy in that Polish version of the Doctor Faustus legend, hmm. um, in uh, kind of plays or illustrations of such. Uh, that guy had that haircut. So okay. they, they took that and gave everyone this uh, very distinctive uh, kind of undercut. Yeah, very uh, stylish. Yes, uh, very in right now, actually. Yeah. Like, there's a very, like, Portland dude haircut. <laughs> um, so eventually they, they finally uh, lead you to Elgard, and he has a, a statue. He's looking at a statue um, of a nude woman admiring it. And, uh, you know, says, what do you think? You know, do you know anything about art? Um, you can kind of, again, choose your Geralt, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whether you know or whether you're interested and he says, you know, isn't it strange that this is just a figure of a woman and it can still kind of uh, arouse feelings? You know, and he looks at it for a moment and he says, yeah, but I'm actually I'm bored with it. Knocks it over. Right. Uh, this is very intentional. Like this is all 
this this is this game is working on a level of writing uh, that's pretty pretty strong for video games. Yeah. So these little things that seem like accidental things like that are actually meaningful. Mm-hmm. When uh, I when I walked into this and I saw him, you know, with a statue of the woman, and he you know popped it over and broke it. Uh, the level that I thought this was going to be at was, oh, he's, you know, it's hard to stone. He's petrifying people and making a, a sculpture. Like, I had no idea where this was going. Um, yeah. I, I thought that's where it was. No, it turns out this is just symbolism on symbolism on symbolism. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's he's just, you just have to take him more literally Yeah. than, than you think you would. Um, so he kind of explains uh, this contract to you. Yeah. Um, someone convinced his cook. Um, that a prince was turned into a toad and let loose into the Oxenfurt sewers. Uh, so his cook went in after, and she was killed by this beast, and he wants me to go and kill it and says, I can take whatever I want from its, you know, from his estate if, you know, if I can bring him the beast's head. You know, he doesn't offer payment up front, which is not, you know, not the best, uh, the, not which are best practices, but, uh, you know, you, you end up accepting it anyway. Yes. Yep. Um. So, you know, you, yeah, hey, you're, you're looking for witcher work, so you're going to head down there. And also, you don't want this person uh, killing, you know, this, this creature killing no. uh, people in the sewers. Yeah. Um, and I love that, you know, it, it's, there's this rumor of it being a prince. Like, there's that weird kind of fairy tale <laughs> blending the line thing that witcher does. Um, you head out, and a woman, uh, this is kind of a weird, this whole side quest is yeah. kind of a strange, this feels like a, a tie to earlier games. I mean, it is a tie to earlier games. Right. Um, but the actual side quests of this expansion, I think, are not amazingly strong no, no. Uh, and a real distraction like this uh when i was doing research for this this didn't stand out in my memories i was like what is, what is this thing with this this rose on a red field uh quest and i read about it, i was like oh yeah that weird side <laughs> mission that distracted me from the task at hand yeah um so so one, one of his gangs calls you out and gives you a side a side job yeah and also a nickname of puss peepers yeah yeah <laughs> Puss yeah. Peepers. Yeah. Puss peepers. Um but we'll talk about that side quest later on. It's just Ger- uh, Geralt has has his uh his his FBI card in his wallet. That's why he calls him Puss Peepers. Because he's a he's, he's a, a federal body ins- female body a <laughs> federal body inspector. <laughs> Which I guess would be like a doctor for the army. Like what are you? Yeah. So such things are accident. Yeah. Uh I yeah. Um but gives you the the, the side quest um about finding out who killed her boyfriend. Right. And, uh, yeah, that'll come up later, and it's kind of inconsequential. Right. Um, you get to Oxenfurt, you get to, and you, you'll you hear people in Oxenfurt talk about this. Mm-hmm. Like, there's also a notice uh, about this as well, um, about this this prince. You know, hey, there's these rumors of this prince in the sewers, you know, this this toad. Like, women are going gaga. Everyone's crazy <laughs> for sewer frog. <laughs> um, so, again, it's seeding that very well. When you get to the, the the sewers, you see that, like, actually, this is way more serious than I thought. Like, I was expecting there to be, like, a vampire or something down here. But instead, there are just tons of uh, dead bodies. Yep, some of which um, have been killed with a blade. Like, yes. no monster did this particular kill, but a monster is definitely here. Yeah. Um, they do a really clever little bit of things where you see shadows of the wall and hear sounds. And it looks like, to me, and I don't know if you had the same experience, but when I saw these shadows, it looked like it was going to lean into somebody uh, being assaulted Yeah. Um, here. And then when you actually go, uh, and I was like, well, you know, shit, I got, I got to hurry in. And we actually hurry in. It's uh, your friend, Shawnee, who is from earlier games, mm-hmm. um, trying to actually resuscitate a dead soldier. Yes. Uh, she is here. She is working for the Redanian army and she is a medic. Uh, she is yeah. not, uh, she, she is distinct among Witcher um, or Geralt's love interests because she is not a sorceress. Uh, she is just a really well-intentioned medical professional. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, hey, we were attacked by some venomous beast that is, you know, corrupting the wells beneath Oxenford and beyond. And what they need, what they need is, you know, a sample of this beast venom so that she can formulate some kind of cure for the poison and kind of the plague that it has created. Yes. Yeah. And when I first ran into her, I was a little bit roll eyes about the DLC having a little like a bespoke romantic interest mm-hmm. to it. She ends up being so important to like the rest of the game. Though. <laughs> right. The rest of the DLC. Like I, I was just like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't need another conquest in this because as we mentioned, like the sex stuff in, in the Witcher three is not great. Yeah. Um, you know, the road, the relationship is great, but I already did that, you yeah. know? Um, but the, she's actually very, you know, it, it, she's key. Yeah. Uh, Sh- we'll, we'll get to. Shani's great. Yeah. Um, so you end up working with her and, you know, you find a lair and set a, you know, set a trap with a body. Uh, turns mm-hmm. out that it's not a vampire. It's not anything that you've seen before. It is a toad, just a giant one that is kind of covered in pustules. And this is a very difficult boss fight that is also unique to anything that you've seen so far. It's it's important to note that we send Shani away. Yes. Uh, at this Before this. And we kind of figure out what this, this toad is doing. Um, like it likes it likes blood mixed with alcohol. Yes. So it is it is having you know having the time of its life with these people who have had their wounds kind of treated mm-hmm. here. Um, but you know, Geralt. The reason why it's important is Geralt sends Shani away. You know, saying essentially like, "Hey, this this seems more serious. Like whatever this is, this is tough." They spend a lot of time foreshadowing mm-hmm. how tough this is, and it is very tough. Yeah. Um, we haven't had a boss fight in this mold before. Um, it uh has a lot of like. It is a more complicated fight than mm-hmm. we're used to. Yeah. Lots of uh, area effect, lots of mm-hmm. um, like poison and toxicity uh, that comes yes. around. And also like, you know, fights in confined areas are kind of rare in this. You know, a lot of the times when you're doing a uh, doing a hunt, you know, you're out in the woods, you're out uh, in the wide open. Usually when you're when you're shut in, you're not fighting a, a monster that is multiple times Geralt's size. Uh, yeah. That's not the case here. Yes. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really hard fight. This will take you a long time. Um, when you eventually get that killing blow uh, for it, uh, it jumps over your head. You slice open its belly and it douses you in this, like these innards, these poison innards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're there. And this, uh, this weakens you. And I you thought it was out. poison on the outside. <laughs> yeah, nope. It's poison on both sides. Yeah. It's like a reverse. It's an inside out reverse double gusher. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a very dramatic shot. You just, you know, open them like a, like, like it's an envelope. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, turns out that, uh, well, actually it is a prince. Um, yes. uh, actually this, uh, this kind of short headed man falls out of the belly. Yep. Yeah. And as you were kind of weakened by this poison, uh, these troops arrive, uh, these people who are coded, uh, you know, some, some kind of a middle Eastern, right. uh, we'll find out later. These are the Ophiri, uh, which are this world's kind of version of, you know, uh, Arabian Nights, yes, style thing. I'm not saying that to be racist. It's just the shorthand that it seems like they're using. Yeah, they're no, Sim- scimitars. Y- yeah, nomadic people, curved swords, um, yep. accents. Prince of Persia. Yeah, yeah. Um, Prince you know, Princes. This is the Prince of Persia. Yes, that you, that, uh, does the he does that one calculated jump over you and, and misses it. <laughs> the um, but it's it, you know that's how how the game is is coding them. Um, but you were you were too weak to kind of fight back. Um, and then they they take you and they wake you in the hold of a ship. And here's the other uh kind of fate this game did was I was like, Oh, this is the DLC where you go to another land. Nope. Like we're going to, we're going to check out Ophiri. Um, and that's not the case. No, (laughs) you wake up. Um, you can't really understand what anybody is saying any of your guards. Uh, and you have a a cellmate, you know, somebody is one cell over from you. This is Philippe, um, an oxen for a thief who's, uh, you know, was captured too. He was actually their guide. Uh, but they, but they decided to turn special boy. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very um, special boy. Yeah, he's a very special boy. <laughs> yeah, he had those socks um, and everything that said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he explains kind of what's going on. Um, is that uh, you have been taken captive because you killed their prince. Um, the reason why they didn't execute you there is because in their culture, uh, the king has to make that decision. Um, and since the prince was his son, he, they would think they'd want to see you get killed. Right. Um, so Shani made it out, uh, but you are kind of up shit creek. Yep. Um, <laughs> because you technically did kill their prince, even if he was yes. totified at the time. Yes. Um, there's an amazing scene that's played for comedy. Uh, you're given a little bit of like a primer on the, the Ophiri language, but it's not enough. Uh, you're given the option for like which which series of words you're going to say you know, when you're trying to talk to them and say, hey, take me to your captain. You know, might have a better chance of speaking, you know, speaking whatever language Geralt speaks. Um, I ended up saying, I want your nose go bouncy, bouncy, which yeah. uh, which Philippe tells me with dismay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you fucked it up that badly. <laughs> um, it really it is like this is a no win situation. Though. Right, right. Like uh, you, you know, this is. If this were a tabletop game, this is you being railroaded a little bit, but to good effect. Right, right. Like you are uh, um, almost literally up shit creek without a paddle. Yes. Uh, but then comes uh, Gontro Dim. Uh, just kind of walks out of the darkness. Yep. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's really great. One thing that's notable is that he's holding a, a spoon. Um, and in every scene, he has a wooden spoon. Mm-hmm. Um, or most scenes. And the reason why there's a, a Polish like kind of folk uh, saying, which is when you deal with the devil, use a long spoon. Okay. Uh, which is why he always has a spoon, and a lot of his magic is spoon-related. Hmm. So that's kind uh, of his uh, his symbol. Including one scene in which we're going to spend a good 10 minutes talking about and just yeah. going, oh, shit, later. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming up. Yeah. Um, so he says, like, hey, you know, he's like, hey, do you remember me? We've met. Um, I can get you out of this, but you'll need to return the favor. And he, he doesn't say what it, what it is. Right. So it's an open-ended kind of agreement <laughs> to help him out. Yeah, uh, and in return, what he does is, uh, to mark you and make sure that you don't forget, he puts a sign, uh, the sign of an eye on Geralt's face. It's like this big, weeping brand, almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and says, you have to meet me at the crossroads uh, by Yantra at midnight. Yeah. Um, um, Yantra has some kind of meaning, too. Um, I can't remember what that is, but that, that town name is significant mm, to this. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is time frozen at this point? I forget. I didn't make a note. No, of it, but... no, no. He does. He doesn't pull that trick out until he pulls it out in the big way. Yeah. Yeah. So he, what he does is he breaks the spoon and that causes this, the storm, or he does that to kind of indicate the coming of the storm. Right. Um, and then he, uh, yeah. And then he just basically disappears as a gigantic whirlwind, almost like a hurricane, um, forms around the ship and basically flings it into the air. Yantra is a uh, a form of a chakra in uh, in in Hindu okay. in t- Hindu tantra. Hmm. So, to, and is is significant somewhere. Um, I I did a bunch of looking into this game, and mm-hmm. I can't remember the specific meaning. But anyway, that's a that's also a symbol. Yeah. Um, so the storm uses a distraction. Um, you, you know the the storm beaches the uh, the ship on its way out of, you know out of out of the area on its way to Ophiri. Um, you wake up, you're being dragged. Um, through the sand, you see Philippe didn't make it. Yep. Uh, they're, um, they're, they're, they're holding his head. Yep. Uh, the, no, the, no, they've got his head tied to their belt or something like that. It's the first thing that you yeah. see actually like, oh, okay. Well, special boy's gone. Uh, yeah. Sorry. There goes a special boy. <laughs> um, and, uh, you manage to free yourself with a rock and you have this really, really tricky fight. Um, oh this God. actual optional boss fight, like you can just run. Oh, wow. From this, um, which is awesome. Like if you, cause you're, you know, if you realize where you're at, cause you're not actually that far you know, out of Ellen, mm-hmm. um, you can just run from this fight. 
an escape, but you can also do the fight, which I did. Yeah. And it's a very, very difficult fight against a wind mage. Yeah. I, I banged my head against this. Um, it's a wind mage and basically his entire retinue. Um, yeah. so you're fighting these very aggressive, uh, swordsmen, uh, you know, in, you know, if you, if you know this combat system, you're doing your parries and stuff, but as you're doing this, the mage is kind of staying at a distance and sending out these, you know, line to shock waves and also just pure AOEs, which my character, my girl was, uh, at level 35, I think. Um, like one level above the recommendation and I was getting like one shot or two shot by these things. This was a, yeah. this was a fight that took a couple of tries for me. He he sends a very lo- like huge, slow moving tornado at you uh-huh. that, uh, just does really great area control. Like, cause you're trying to line, he's also teleporting around constantly. So you're trying to get, uh, get a beat on him, but you can't stay still very long because of this very, very high damage tornado thing. Um, very, very tricky fight. Took me a bunch, took me a few tries as well. Yeah. Um, bombs were the secret for me is, is spamming all of my bombs, uh, to get rid of the riffraff. And then I, I could fight the, uh, and the exploding bolts as well, which I had forgotten that I had at all. Oh yeah. Uh, and turned out to be really useful for this guy. Yeah. Um, but after you, you know, get this, after you take care of these guys, this is the last you're going to see of the Ophiri outside of your runesmith, which you're going to meet later. Like they yes. are a non-factor in this which I really thought they were going to be the thing. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Am I going to stand trial? Like, am I going to go, you know? <laughs> uh, and it's just they were a weird little feint uh, that they do. And the, the Ophiri, the Ophiri prince is, is important too. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's not nothing. Like, he's a part of this story. Right. Um, which we'll, we'll talk about later. Um, so you head to that crossroads. You know, you have to get rid of this brand. You have to pay off this debt. Um, when you get there, these kids singing this little nursery rhyme about uh, what's, what you know later to be about Gondor Dim. Right. Um, it's um, his song. They're doing the vocal version of it, but it's the song that plays over the end credits. Um, it's the song. It's like the there's instrumental version when he's on camera. Mm-hmm. It's Gaunter, Gaunter's theme. Yeah. And this crossroads, it's like it's decorated. I think there are spoons hanging from the tree that's over it. Something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. It's just it's festooned to let you know. And I have no idea if it was like that in the base game. I, I don't remember either. I didn't yeah. I didn't pay very much attention to these areas because, you know, I don't think you have to very much. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but Gaunter appears and he knows a lot about Geralt. He's just kind of casually dropping these references to your adventures so far. Uh, mm-hmm. and what he wants uh, is he wants me to help him get back at Olgierd. Again, the person who gave us this, uh, who gave him one of the wild one who gave us this quest uh, because Olgierd didn't pay his debts. Yes. Uh, and at this point, like, even if you like, you know that this guy is going to be kind of Satan. Yeah, he's, like this, he's giving right? off some satan vibes he's giving he's giving off real real strong satan scent and the the it ends up being the way it articulates is so cool and this articulate you know this version of satan is so cool that it uh that it works in spite of that right like i don't want anyone listening to this to think like oh you know we didn't we were totally gobsmacked by the fact that it turned out that he was you know when we spend that 10 minutes talking about that scene mm-hmm. we we all knew this was shit was coming <laughs> we, we play video games and we've read fiction right so you know and he's talking about calling in his debts we're meeting our crossroads. Like we're not idiots. It's <laughs> right. just, we're trying to, I'm trying to express how much subtlety and how cool it is. This specific version, how yeah. it's different. The fact you of know? what happens is not the surprise. The tact of what happens is the surprise. Yes. Yeah. Um, and at this point, the way he presents it, like I am totally down for it because yeah. again, if you, if you recall from the main episode, my Geralt, one of the, the role-playing traits I imbued him with is that you don't <laughs> cross him. Like you don't lie to him. No, no. Like and... he does not appreciate being tricked and we got frog fished. <laughs> like, yeah, be, like old gear sent us into a trap you know like yeah. he, he he knew that you know he was sending me into something much more dangerous than he had let on 
Um, and he says, Hey, you know, you can have anything and everything you want in return. So here are two dealers who are very nonspecific and seem to be promising the moon. Well, and it's also, that's a, that's a a real theme in this is, uh, whether, you know, the phrasing of something like complete information, people technically telling the truth while lying in spirit. Yeah. Um, that is, that is a huge part of this, the story. And what's amazing is, you know, you're going to be working for Gaunter. You're encouraged to do the same thing. Like, yeah, it gives you it gives you several different options for how to satisfy these quests that are coming down the line. Like the entire thing is about the ambiguity of language and the difference between what we ask for and what we want and what we get. Yes, that, that, that's the the phrasing, like the, the TV tropes, a.k.a. arc words mm-hmm. that keep showing up in this is like, you know, somebody who gives you what you wish for, not what you want. Right. You know, and uh, that's that's it's a classic. You know, mm-hmm. this is just a really good articulation of it. Yeah. So at this point, I am so on board for this. Like, not only do I have to for the brand, but I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. Let the guy's got to go. He tricked me. Yeah. Not okay. Um, <laughs> um, Geralt also is trying to figure out, trying to basically diagnose what Gaunter is. You know, wondering yes. if he's if he's some kind of some kind of mage, some kind of sorcerer. Like, what kind of magic user or monster might he be? And you know, Gaunter is you know not so much menacing right now, but just kind of like, oh, it's more complicated than that. Yeah, he's he's cagey. Yeah. And that, that's how kind of, you know, one of the things that is true about this, uh, this character that is really interesting is that Gontro Dim never lies. Right. Um, and he says as much. He's like, I never cheat and I never lie. Yeah. And he's telling the truth. Um, that's that's not what he does. And it ends up actually, um, this was, a, you know, a point that I'm stealing from that proper bird thing. But when we get to the, the big final decision in this, like I made one that not a lot of people did. And it kind of helped me feel a little bit more comfortable about that. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. But he's he will avoid answering questions instead of lying. Um, so we can't say like, "Hey, I'm the devil." Yeah, and then so, be like, "Oh, well, shit." Okay, well, so, never mind. So you know, it just it depends on is dishonesty by omission lying, but that is an ethical question that you have to you know wrestle with in this. Yeah, yep. Um, so you head over to the estate, um, and you find that the house that he promised you anything from within, if you this thing is actually burning down. Right. Um, so what a what a prick. <laughs> and uh, um, you get this amazing scene where uh the the wild ones are getting ready to execute one of their own. You have a choice to interfere or not interfere. Um, which which did you do? Um, I I chose to, uh, to to let it happen. So they they do a scene that accomplishes giving you the same information, but articulates in two different ways. Uh-huh. They're pretty pretty I, interesting. I, so, I did I did whichever one didn't result in me fighting him. Okay, yeah. yeah. If you if you say like if you ask questions or if you don't step in, um, they execute the person they're going to execute, and then Ulgard comes out. Um, and the person who they executed, his daughter comes up and stabs him with a sword. Right. Just run, runs him through, like straight through the chest. Yes. And you're like, well, shit, you know, um, <laughs> the, the, I'm going to have to find something different to do for Odim. Yeah. Uh, but then he, he pulls it out and he survives. Yeah. Uh, if you interfere, you get a mini boss fight. Like he comes out and you fight him. Um, have you, did you do watch this on YouTube? No, no, I didn't. I just know that oh. that's a, that's the way this turns out. It's an, it's incredible because after you win the fight, it's similar to the frog prince where they show uh, the end part and cutscene, they show you lopping off his head. Oh uh, God! Does he pick it, it up it hangs, and put it back on? It hangs by like a part of his neck. Oh, it literally like, he, he highlanders it. <laughs> he and he just he just takes it. You know, he walks around without his head for a moment and then reaches up and puts his head back on, <laughs> and it is awesome. <laughs> like, it is so cool, uh, and just like oh, <laughs> go. Yeah, it's 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 really you know Geralt just grabbed the, his collar. I, and, I'm in way uh, over my uh, sensitive. <laughs> Wink. Uh, it's it's really really great. Regardless of which, like the the thing they're telling you is like this dude's actually immortal, right? 
Uh, and I love uh, Geralt, who, you know, as somebody who uh, just, you know, in my game had just recently dealt with crones, had recently dealt, you know, with with uh, uh, all of these these kind of otherworldly things actually being in over his head. Mm-hmm. You know, both these beings that you've dealt with so far are things that it feels like these are things you don't you don't understand, like you don't you know, you're out of your depth. Yeah. And that's one of the great things that this uh, this DLC does is put Geralt out of his depth. Yeah, it just uh, it, I mean, it put me back on my heels to, to like yes. one person. I don't understand the like the depth of his power um, or I don't understand the breadth of his power. The other person, I don't understand the depth of his power. Like, what is it that makes Olgierd, you know, this unfazable? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like and, yeah. you know, do you want to be on the bad side of either of them? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what they are. So pretty, pretty great. <laughs> so um, turns out that Olgierd's whole thing is he cannot be killed. Uh, he cannot really feel the extremes of emotions. And so he does basically crazier and crazier things to feel alive, uh, saying that, you know, most people stop at the moment when they think they're going to die. And he, you know, his whole deal is moving past that moment, always moving past the moment. And he doesn't he doesn't quite express it that that same way where he doesn't say, like, I do. Uh, I don't feel things right. Like you know, that, that is kind of a reveal later. He doesn't say that as many words just yet. Yeah. Um, like he's just like, Hey, you know, I seek thrills. Like after you've been alive this long, he kind of phrases it in that way. So I thought like, Oh, just, you live this long, you get bored. Yeah. You know? And, and that's what it was. They didn't literally say that he feels, he feels nothing. Cause it ends up being a thing later. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but we, we, we know that having played the game, regardless of which it's, you know, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Gaunter shows up at this point. Uh, you bring up the Toad Prince and you're like, hey, what's going on? Um, and you kind of get the, the backstory a little bit. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> Again, right. this has several levels of reveal. Turns out that, you know, he, <laughs> Olgierd turned the prince into a Toad Monster as revenge for stealing the woman that Olgierd loved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is not strictly true. Right. Uh, you know, that that is, uh, you know, that is Olgierd lying right. uh, to you. Um, and Gaunter shows up. <laughs> at this point and Gaunter kind of explains like hey you know here's what you're going to do for me Geralt you're going to grant this man's three wishes you know um and that's how you're going to fulfill your contract to me at the end after after you've done all that stuff we're all going to meet together and have a drink and yep. be good friends yep and uh and is, is that everyone is this where the detail about the moon comes um he no okay. that's uh that's later I think um he does say we'll all meet together though yeah. because that, that's important um and everyone agrees to that mm-hmm. um so he gives you your first two wishes you have to uh, have to achieve. Yeah. Uh, you have to bring him the house of a great lord. Uh, like a specific great, great lord. Yes. Like the, uh, yeah, he, he mentions the, the name of the house. I can't remember the name of it right now. What's it's, that thing called? It's down there in that section. Yeah. Um, but he mentioned it's a specific house. He says, like, you have to bring me this house because mm-hmm. uh, we need a place to live because we just burned this one down. <laughs> um, and I can't go back to my place. It's complicated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he also mm-hmm. wants me to show his brother a good time. Given the night yeah. of his life. Yep. Um, and, and you kind of learn a little bit, like, how am I supposed to bring you a house? And he's like, that's not my problem to figure out. <laughs> and then you find out at this point that like, his brother is dead. Yeah. Uh, how do you show him the time of your life? And he's like, that's not my problem. Yeah. You know, I'm giving you, know, and you get the sense, like, he's giving you impossible wishes. Yeah. Just, just because he doesn't want this to, to, to end. He doesn't want to put paid to whatever happens. So. Yes. And, and there's a little bit of, the, I don't think the game ever outright says this, but this could be, you know, obviously he wanted that Ophiri Prince actually dead yep. um, because of his, what we learn later about him and kind of his mystic powers and, uh, you know, demonology and stuff that he does. It's possible that he specifically sent Geralt mm-hmm. to go do that, to get Geralt killed. 
you know, that's why I came out of it thinking that. But I wonder if uh, – and this is just conjecture on my part. Like I haven't yeah. read this anywhere. But I wonder if he knew that Geralt was going to have a hand in actually completing these wishes and fulfilling the pact. Hmm. And, you know, did that as Geralt bait. Oh, like did specifically to bring the person who would be able to satisfy these requests? Yeah. 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 Because, <laughs> I mean, Gontar Odim took an interest in Geralt way earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to that. And it, it's not outside the realm of possibility that Ulyard could know that. Right. I think. Hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love the reveal that Vladimir is dead, though, because you're walking away. Gontra pulls you aside. like, okay, well, which of those are you going to do first? Geralt's like, well, it seems, you know, getting in the house seems impossible. So why don't I go do this? He's like, well, that'll be a problem because this is where he's buried. Yeah. He's dead. It, it's a really great. But I mean, again, you're a witcher. You can do shit like that. We just brought somebody back from the light dead <laughs> you know, a couple hours ago. Yeah. We do it every day. Um, yeah. And, and this leads. Yeah, <laughs> we, we just yeah. we just drew a, a druid circle sometimes, but yeah. yeah, for you, it was Tuesday. For me, it was Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. <laughs> it was, it was um, a repeating notification. Um, yes. um, so this this kind of sets up the structure of the DLC, which is we have this intro, then we have our three like middle acts, and then we have our, our denouement, these three amazing, amazing, amazing like quests that take place. Uh, they kind of make up this thing. Yes. Um, and it starts strong and ends really strong. Um, and it starts off, this is the one I did first as well. Mm -hmm. uh, this moves us into Dead Man's Party. Who could ask for more? Not me. I just, I just had to... obligatory um yeah so uh you need a lead right you need to go and figure out as gontra doesn't tell you this is where he's buried but uh you know von ever it's a you know, family from around the area they have they have history shawnee studied here so she might know some of his lineage you go find her you know she's made a cure for the pox out of the uh toxin that you've gathered and um yeah she yeah. agrees to help you yeah, um, you know, and you can you can kind of stick up for some of the Rendinian army men are, are saying she doesn't look like a scholar, she doesn't look like you know a, a, a healer, and you can kind of give them shit and stand mm -hmm. up for this lady. Kind of the beginning of this nascent kind of romance, right? Uh, that you'll do. Um, Shani says you know you need to get a get a sensor, um, not the the kind that is always uh, blocking my conservative brothers on Twitter um, and stopping them from engaging in free and open debate. I I, I said that too straight face i don't know <laughs> i just joke I, I didn't laugh i wanted i wanted to let you finish no it's yeah that, that was the end of it but then it's just like oh somebody's gonna be like oh yeah hell yeah <laughs> no. you know uh, gary was right debate him yeah um, but like no the the incense right sort of sensor yeah um and kind of tells you where the uh the crypt is the family crypt because yes. uh this is a Rendanian dynasty yeah um, she studied those and this is an old family right so you go to the crypt and you end up you know, have to hit pretty much every room with this incense smoke um, and then mm -hmm. you light a votive uh, at the center, take a swig of uh, Von Everick family blood. Uh, turns out that Gontra gave you this vial and says, hey, drink it here. Uh, he spits into the flame and this revives the entire Von Everick family. Yes. So you fight a family of ghosts. Yeah. Um, Insulting that you have their blood. Yeah. Grandma and grandpa and, and uncles and stuff. <laughs> um, after you fight these ghosts, um, like sometimes one thing I will say that that's not like a criticism, but some of the uh, some of the boss fights in this game or this DLC are really good. Some of the stuff like the, the quests do have a little bit of it feels like, um, oh, we have to throw a fight in here. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, for, for players who care about that. But it's it's so much stronger when you're not fighting mm -hmm. that sometimes that ends up being a little bit of a distraction. Right. 
I think. Um, and here, here's one of those things too, where it's like, I fought so many ghosts already, you know, this is kind of cute and it's a little bit of a different twist on it, but like, let me get to this next amazing thing. Yes. You know, so eventually, you know, you fight these ghosts, um, and Vladimir, uh, pops out. <laughs> Wondering what the ruckus is. Yeah. Um, you try to shake hands, your hands pass through him. Um, you know, he's the brother and you kind of quiz him a little bit and you hear Vladimir like loved his brother, um, and tells the story how, how he died. Yeah. Um, and they, they had done a raid, uh, the wild ones uh, with his brother and uh, he died in an ambush yeah. had his head crushed by a table. Yes. Um, um and so he, Vladimir refuses to leave the, uh, to, you know, to, to leave as a spirit. He doesn't want to kind of do whatever Geralt has in store for him. As well, a he, ghost. He said, he's, he's, yeah, he says specifically, like, I can't have the time of my life if I can't like pick up a glass and drink it and, right. you know, and put my arm around a woman like, the, you know, that, that's what I want to do. Vladimir is nothing if not a creature of the senses. Yeah, he he is an extremely horny ghost. Um, like this is they could they could have just named this Witcher Three, the horny ghost, <laughs> the, the horniest ghost. Yeah, the the horniest ghostless. Casper has now gone through puberty, and now <laughs> yeah, please puberty, puberty. Well, that's I, that's why I said puberty. No, I guess I, I didn't. But the uh, uh, puberty. Um, but Casper, the horny ghost, uh, decides he doesn't want to just go off and do ghost things. And Geralt's like, okay, well, we can get, we can go find somebody for you to possess. <laughs> we can just like, bring you a peasant. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring you, you know, somebody, which is, you know, good thing, you know, Geralt didn't do that, right. that war crime. <laughs> uh, but instead, uh, he takes over you. Uh huh. Um, and he, you know, when, 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 <laughs> sorry, this is just so funny. When Vladimir takes you over, um, he doesn't speak in his own voice out of Geralt's mouth. It is Geralt speaking as Vladimir. Um, <laughs> Gotta, I mean, I don't know what the word is for it, but they do such good work here with like acting yeah. uh, in, in terms of the characters, yeah, it, right? like just body, body language, because you can, you know, instantly when, which one you're looking at. Right. You know, um, and it, it just, they it just make his, his body language, his demeanor, everything about him just kind of comes off differently in a way that is meaningful, mm -hmm. right? Like, so when we talked about Shawnee being here and it not just being another uh, sex object to collect, like, this is really important. This whole section is reflecting on Geralt. Mm -hmm. Reflect, because he's the mirror master. Wait like, a minute. You know, this, there's all these things, you know, so this is, this is, uh, this whole bit that we're going to talk about and gush about um, is about, like, what Geralt would be like if he wasn't such a stuck up you know, uh, kind of stick in the mud. Yeah. You know, um, this is, this is kind of like Geralt letting loose and how other people react to it mm -hmm. because now, you know, now every once in a while, Vladimir is riding him like a pony. And when he does, <laughs> we get like party Geralt. <laughs> it's and it's, it's he puts good. down his boom box. He pull, he, he rips away his basketball pants. Yeah. And he's party girl. He puts down some cardboard and he, he does some cool uh, backspins on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, but just so Vladimir's Holsties is that he is like just a, like a lecherous gentleman. Like they've got, you know, like basically the, the entire Von Everett clan for as much as they are, uh, again, these scoundrels and these bandits and have kind of fallen from grace a little bit. They have this kind of perverted sh sh chivalric code. So specifically think, Vladimir, right? Yeah. Think, think um, like an NC-17 lock from Final yeah. Fantasy VI. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we, we get some of the stuff like he immediately starts creeping out over Shawnee. Like she she <laughs> pushes back against the rebukes because she thinks this is Geralt speaking and he fires back. Ooh, fiery temperament matches the drapes. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Shawnee's a redhead. Right. Uh, so he's already talking about, you know, uh, it, it, it's a it's pretty intense. And for a little while, like I was like worried about it because I was like this Vladimir guy 
you know, maybe he's a piece of shit. Like maybe he's going to do something really, really terrible with my, with my girl's body, you know, and that's what we're going to go. Um, but one of the things again, it does is to make Vladimir kind of decent, mm-hmm. you know, like he is not uh, a monster. Like he knows that, uh, you know, there are probably people could exercise him from Geralt. Like he knows that he should be kind of grateful for this, mm-hmm. you know? So he ends up being like mildly decent. Yeah. Like he's kind of, he's, he's sexist. He's kind of a piece of shit, but he's not a monster. Right. Right. During he, this. He pretty much constantly rides the line between, come on, man, that's too much. And like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's like, he, he seems like, um, like a, like a bad cousin. <laughs> to me you know <laughs> like just like i oh, like related to this guy but he's kind of yeah yeah um and he even like says you know like this might be a little bit later on but like in in regards to him Vladimir, you know in regards to gerald vladimir and shawnee he asked gerald like hey do you have intentions on her because if you do um or if you have in the past then hands off like you know i might just i, I might i might give you guys some shit but i'm not gonna do anything yeah. crazy right bro code yeah. Like he, he kind of bro codes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a little it's, bit. It's just, yeah. It's, um, so he says like, Hey, like let's head down over to a brothel. Uh, <laughs> and Shani goes, you know what? Like, uh, I need a date for, for this, uh, this wedding uh-huh. I'm going to, I think she says sister, but I don't think it's, I think it's like a classmate. Okay. Um, I think it like means like sister in the order of healers or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but like, I need a date to this wedding. How fun does that sound? And, uh, he, like, it is just marvelable. That in this game, you know, this game about fighting monsters and killing stuff, the one of the most memorable things you ever do is go to this wedding. And this is a long sequence. This like this is, is you spend a couple hours at this wedding doing cool wedding shit. Yeah, this is this is long. Um, it is like its own miniature uh, quest biome. You have all these different little markers that you can that you can go to um, yeah. and do like party shit. I, I love it so much. Like it is it's such a it's such a cool kind of brave thing to do. Yeah. Uh, to just have this be like the celebratory time, like it it shows a little bit of like what you know life is like for these actual people. Like it feels real. Like this is mm-hmm. a thing that people could do. The relationships within it kind of feel real. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you talk to the uh, the bride and groom and you kind of skeeve out the uh, the groom's kind of like insecure reaction to this. You know, feels right. Like the yeah. bride is trying to be polite uh, because you're a friend of Shani's. Mm-hmm. You know, it it just everything just feels very right. Yeah. Yeah. And even from a play perspective, if you think, oh, this is just going to be a bunch of just a bunch of talking, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, like this is a little bit of a microcosm of The Witcher 3 in general because there's combat. There's like these little fetch quest things that you have to do. Uh, there's, there's there's even like a Gwent challenge that you can take. Like a lot of the stuff that you can do in The Witcher 3 is represented here. They're kind of putting most of their verbs on the table. Yeah. Yeah. It It is just it. They do a really great job of that. And it just it's very secure. You know, this feels very um, self-assured yeah. as a thing. It doesn't feel uh, like insecure. Like it's not like, oh, the wedding gets attacked halfway through <laughs> right. or or you, it's a cutscene, and then we fade to get the character back to the action. Like they, they trust their players enough to know that they would appreciate something like this. And it ends up being so charming and so funny. <laughs> um, like there's so much uh, kind of comedy and also character work that's being done yeah. uh, here because uh, every time Shani says, hey, can I talk to Geralt? Um, Vladimir steps out of Geralt. And a lot of times she's kind of hinting like, hey, you know what? I kind of like that that yeah. version of this, like kind of like this rapscallion, you know, like it, it's this person who I care about. Like mm-hmm. Shani was an old romantic interest uh, in earlier games, I believe, mm-hmm. um, you know, a version of Geralt, but like a fun 
yeah. version of this person who's not, you know, for everything Geralt is, like, his fun factor is subtle. You're right. His, uh, his, his, his fun factor is definitely not five hair razors. Yeah, it's, it's not a full hair razor. It's, right. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a 3.5 hair razors. <laughs> um, so his, uh, you know, th- those kind of, like, reflections, and you can, as Geralt, you can choose how you react to that. Right. Like, if you're just like, no, he seems like a bore, or you can be like, you know what, maybe I can loosen up. Like, maybe mm-hmm. this is a, an object lesson. Yeah. Kind of for me. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. Maybe I can take some feedback. Maybe I can read the room. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like maybe, you know, maybe this, 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 uh, this horny ghost has the right idea, (laughs) you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This this ectosexual monster. Ectosexual. (laughs) Actually, like, you know, might, might, might have the right idea. Yeah. The thing I was bothered most by about this was that Vladimir decided to change my haircut and shave my Geralt. Yeah, I think that's very funny, though, because, <laughs> like, if you got taken over by a ghost, that's, like, the first thing they would do. Oh, you know? of course. Yeah. Like, I, I just feel like if, if you put me into, like, if, if I possessed somebody and they didn't have a beard, like, I'd probably grow a beard. Right, right. You know? Um, so he wants you to look like him. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd go full evil, Coop. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> so, do we want to talk about some of the stuff that you do? Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, and this is all, like, I mean, we're, we're only going to spend so much time with it, but it's, again... I'm really harping on this, but it's hard to express how good this is. Yeah. Like it is funny. It's touching. It feels real. Like this, this whole thing is a, is a joy. Yeah. If if you're, if you're skeptical about how fun this actually is, read the, read the glee in our voice as we recall the specific details of this. I love that Vladimir keeps on referring to Shani as red fruits, my strawberry, my rhubarb. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's very like, he he comes off again as kind of charming for, for being a dick. Um, and I love just the way this is structured. Like you are just at a wedding there's stuff to do at a wedding. Like mm-hmm. it's the, the pre-wedding part, you know, so you can go dance. Um, there's this whole thing about a little game where people are, uh, making you, uh, herd pigs. <laughs> um, you can do that. And if you, uh, do it well, if you do it without using your signs, mm-hmm. um, you can get a bonus. And this is that herding game, which we talked about before, which is weird and kind of bad controls. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, um, I won her a, a giant stuffed burlap pig. I was actually shocked at how at how big it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Shawnee Shawnee challenges me to seduce uh, this woman. You know, the, the, this young lass over on the other side of the party end up having a fist fight with their brothers. Yeah. Um, eventually, it turns into like we pick up fence posts and start wailing each other with them. <laughs> we go to the yeah. neighborhood stick fights. Yeah, like, like like a good like a good wedding. Yeah. Um. There's a there's this game where people throw like one of the lady like a their date's shoe uh-huh. into the lake and you have to go and swim and grab it. Um. Which of course you do that you're very impulsive like and you can see Geralt being something like you know we don't have time for that like that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh. But Vladimir is just happy to be alive like that kind of part of making you like part of this quest is also making you like Vladimir. Yes. Um. Because that ends up being important for many reasons. Um, and this does a, you know, with just the fact that he's so game, like you know, this idea of like, oh, I get to live for another night. Of course I'm up for anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and he, it comes through in the dialogue too. Yeah. Indulge. Know, like he's just, yeah. Indulge. Like he's appreciating mm-hmm. uh, in a way that people don't, you know, as you, as you dive to the bottom of the lake, <laughs> you fish up every shoe, but Shawnee's until you actually yeah. get hurts. <laughs> um, this, this keeps kind of going until eventually you run into, uh, Gaunter, um, who is uh, talking to this old lady about making a proper gingerbread? Yes, because <laughs> the, the secret ingredient to gingerbread is time. Yep, um, you have to you have to let it wait. Um, and Gaunter looks at you and just talks to Vladimir. Uh huh. And Vladimir is like, "How how does shit? How do you how do you know that?" And he's like, "Who would I be if I didn't know that?" Mm-hmm. You know, like you just like, uh, and just starts uh, dressing him down. No, yeah. uh, that's one of the reasons why it's important for you to like Vladimir is so you can see how shitty Gaunter is being to him. Yes. 
and it, and the, the reason why is because you know he knows a secret that that Vladimir doesn't know. Right. You know, he essentially just says like, "Oh, you're you're much worse than your brother." Yes. You um, know? and he is he is specifically using Vladimir's admiration, like he deifies Olgierd. Right. Yes. Uh, he's he's yeah. using that against him to basically just wedge and insist on how inferior Vladimir is. And and the thing is, again, with Gondor Dim is he never lies and he's not often wrong. Right. Like Vladimir's uh, admiration of Olgierd is very misplaced, mm -hmm. uh, extremely misplaced to a degree that he he doesn't know. Right. You know, and that's uh, once you find that out, it is it's very tragic. Yeah. Um, there is a, uh, a little kind of quest you can do where the mother of the bride had a, a fire breather, but the fire breather was chased off by the groom's dog, um, who you had to go chase and you're looking for this dog. It's kind of like a parody of, of a witcher quest that so you go out and you do your witcher senses yep. and, and Vladimir's running commentary is different than yours, mm -hmm. this, which is kind of fun. Yep. Um, uh, and the, 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 the fire breather's name is like a, a play on David like Attenborough. Oh yeah, uh, you know, his, his, uh, he doesn't know the difference between like a bear and a boar. Like he's like, ah, oh, bears, and there's all these boars. Oh yeah, that attack yeah. and then stuff, and it is uh, making fun of David Attenborough. <laughs> so <laughs> making, take that, <laughs> ma ma making fun of an accomplished naturalist by yeah, <laughs> okay, weird. Yeah, my, David by, Attenborough by showing... seems like the least uh, the well, person I would least want to attack. Like a like a, a goofy little thing yeah. of making somebody named Attenborough not know animals. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you making fun of his malice. <laughs> take take yeah, that I... David Attenborough down a peg. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he he is history's greatest monster. <laughs> he could really suck my shit. Like, like, like yeah. um, no, he, he seems nice enough. I don't care about him. <laughs> I actually have no opinion whatsoever on David Attenborough. He's fine. He feels like he feels like he came with the place. Yeah, that's true. You know, he's every every life has David Attenborough comes in standard. Mm -hmm. There's always an old man. There's yep. always some animals for him to look at. Yep. Yeah. Um, I love that the dog turns out to be nothing but a puppy. There's like a yeah. little lap dog. Um, Vladimir wants to torment the trans pupper, which is bad. Uh, yes. you know, instead, I say no, no, let's not do that. Let's yeah, just walk back. Yeah, end up having to. I, I, I reloaded because I didn't want this fire breather to die. Like, end up having to spare him from a bear that just came rolling up on him. Yeah, that's the, the one he calls a boar. He ended yeah. up dying in my game, and I just decided it was fine. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I wanted to come back and see. Like, it, it's so you know. I, again. I trust this franchise and trust this game a lot to not make anything like that be a huge deal. Right. And I wanted to see Vladimir explain it to, <laughs> to, to the, the, the mother. And it's very funny. Yeah. Um, you know, he wants to play some Gwent. Of course there's some Gwent. Uh, there are these halflings who he calls midgets, which is not great. Um, and uh, I lost it. I, I gave up immediately cause I didn't have, like, I didn't realize what I was saying yes to. Right. And then right. put me into the Gwent interface. It's like, I don't have any Gwent card. Like, I, ever <laughs> played Gwent. I have so my starting deck. Yeah. Uh, and you lose 5% of your gold. Uh, but you get a unique item, these ass ears Yes, uh, that you can wear. Yeah. Um, so you go to the barn for the capping ceremony, which, you know, just the, like, let's seal the deal. Um, and you end up giving a speech. Vladimir gives a speech uh, about, you know, how Vladimir understands that peasants are humans after all. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, and again, like, I, I, this wasn't the best thing for Geralt, you know, to embarrass Shani, but, like, I just wanted to see it. Yeah. You know, so him giving the speech is very funny. <laughs> And then um, Shawnee catches the garland. Yeah, it's a very nice night for Shawnee as well. Yeah. That uh, was Vladimir. Vladimir says, like, hey, you know, this is pretty great. I can get used to this. And then Gaunter <laughs> tortures him. Oh, it, this, is, this sucks yeah. so much. It happens on a – it's such good placement, though, because it's such whiplash. Uh-huh. You know, like, it is a very nice scene before this. And, you're, you know, I laughed, like, out loud many times during this two hours. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Dad comes home and says, actually, it's time for no more fun and just tortures 
uh, Vladimir. Right. Like, you know, threatens to rip apart his soul, it seems like. Yeah. Um, He is in vocal pain at what uh, what Gontra is doing to him. Yeah, you you've had your you've had your fun. This was the agreement, mm-hmm. you know, because that's gone. To, you know, you don't get to renege on this agreement. You know, um, you have to return to the 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 crypt. Yes. So yeah. so um, and that kind of leaves us with this quest. Um, Shani is still around, and there's more that you can do here. Gonter actually pulls you aside. He knows about uh, Geralt's past with Shani. Um, you know, and he says, hey, Shawnee is hurt that I have to go on. This is this has been such a wonderful night. Um, but like everything, Gerald is going to go in and out of her life. And Gontra actually gives surprisingly good advice, saying surrender to spontaneous honesty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, because this this whole thing was to show to kind of reflect on Gerald. Right. Um, this is also where you can romance uh shani quote unquote that's what they call it in the game but it means to have sex yep. um in this uh you know he says gonter says give shani a gift to cheer her up um if you listened to her earlier you knew that she loved this this flower these rowan flowers yeah um you can also give her booze uh because you know, that, that's, that's he does that to siri in the main game too yeah. um it doesn't work uh but you can do kind of either one like this is actually it feels like uh the, somebody i i watched a video i can't remember which one but like pointed this out but like you get you can get this romance really easily. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to give her the right gift, yeah, or anything like that. Like she's you know she she's a you know you can you can have sex with Shani if you want to. Um, they don't. It feels a little bit shoehorned in. Mm. Um, there's like you know uh, to me just in the fact that it feels like the game doesn't want you to miss this. You yeah. have to just say no, no, no. Like you have to, <laughs> you have to be very assertive, right, to not have this happen. Yeah. For my Geralt, it felt natural just because that was kind of the way that he rolled. You know, at this point, I had, I had blown it with both trish and yennefer and so i was like yeah you know i i like shawnee well enough let's make it a let's make it yeah. a night i i mean for me too like i went into it naturally too even though it you know my Geralt is a jennifer or yennefer uh loyalist mm-hmm. the um i did it too because it felt like you know what this is has been a crazy fun night mm-hmm. you know this is a wedding like it, it felt it felt right i just mean when looking at it uh kind of researching it the fact that the game makes this so easy to get oh yeah yeah because you know, what, it's, what it's, 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 that's right what it shows you is actually really important for the ending of this. Yes. And I think that's what's going on. Yeah. It's a little bit sloppy that they kind of hip check you into this romance, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is my point. Um, but you, you know, you give her uh, this gift and uh, you talk to her and she's just like, yeah, you know, I, I, it's a very common feeling like when you're at a wedding, right? Like mm-hmm. she's anxious that she's still alone, which happens to me every time I go to a wedding and I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, with anybody. Like it, it kind of feels there's a little bit of a bittersweet. Yeah. To it. She she talks about her parents. She talks about her mom. You know, kind of criticizing her choices to go into academia. You know, about how she doesn't really feel um, at home with her peers or feel like there's you know much hope for her. And you know, you know my my girl ended up just kind of like praising her accomplishments. You know, there's not a thing wrong with you. Look at yeah. what you, look at what you have done in the time that you've had. Like yeah. you're you're great, right? Yep. And uh, then you you float out on a boat. Uh, under the reflection of the moon and have yeah. sex. She says, take me uh, to the okay. moon. And then you, you know, yep. go over and then Rom comes up from the, from the seal and, <laughs> yeah. devours and, and then skitters, <laughs> skitters uh, over to a violin and <laughs> play, plays a, a jaunty tune <laughs> for which thou to horny ghost. Um, the, so in the morning, you know, you wake up, she's like, Hey, I, that was a really great night. I need some time to think it over. Yeah. Um, you're like, okay, that's fine. You know, while you're doing, can you do some grice? Can you do some, some research for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and look into, uh, Elgird's story. Yes. Um, Elgird's story. 
Um, and you had to head to Olgerd. He's kind of skeptical. He's like, you didn't show my brother the time of his life. He's dead. Yeah. And you show him a note that uh, he actually wrote in your blood. Yeah. Uh, in his handwriting. <laughs> right. You know, uh, that, he has unmistakable handwriting. And so that is that that is the proof uh, that yeah. Olgerd needed. Um, so you head over the next thing you head over to for open Sesame, which is the next quest, which I think out of the three is probably the weakest, but is still, it still says more about how good the DLC is that this is still really great. Yes. Yeah. You know? that, I think, I think that that means that dead man's party and scenes from a marriage are just so singularly amazing. Yeah. Go. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, you know, so, some of the, some of the best like quest stuff that I've done in a video game. Right. It's hard ever. for me to like get into the conflict at the center of this between these two, these two kind of like art dealer brothers. Um, but you're, yeah. you're still organizing a, organizing a heist and it, it which is i'm always down for right like i, lo I love heists um and then it also uh this is not arbitrary right. the same th reason why you know the relationship with with vladimir and olgerd is obviously not arbitrary the relationship with olgerd and this auction house is also not arbitrary uh which we'll find out yeah um so you you start out at the auction house um you know you kind of get in uh you, these two soldiers are trying to keep you out but uh this dwarf banker who we know named vivaldi uh, who runs the bank actually in Velen. Mm -hmm. He's where you change Florence for Orans and such. Yes. Uh, shows up and says, hey, you can be my plus one. Yeah. You know, so these soldiers don't know shit. Come on in. Yeah. Um, so what he wants you to do is blend in and schmooze with all of these three rich friends that he has prior to this auction starting. Um, yes. you know, so you can learn a little bit about, um, uh, oh gosh, Novograd's intelligentsia, right? Yes. Yep. Um, so you kind of talk to these these people around while you're waiting. You don't have to do this. This is all optional, but it's worth doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you talk to Hilbert, who's this kind of nouveau riche uh, yeah. character who wants to play Gwent. Um, if you're a Gwent guy, you can get a unique Gwent card here. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he, he made all of his money on Gwent. He's basically the equivalent of uh, like a Bitcoin millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gwent coin. He's been he's been block Gwenting. Yeah. <laughs> the um. So you know neither of us play Gwent. So I, I just said no. Yeah. Yeah. Later. Uh, just, yeah, have fun with your yeah. game. Yeah, nouveau <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tear, up, I'm gonna tear up your mox, your mox <laughs> pearl, and shove it up your ass, Albert. <laughs> um, I love the story with Countess Magnolia because she has a connection with uh, Vesemir. Yeah, um, and this is you know you can do this DLC before the end of the main game, but if you've done it after when Vesemir is dead, um, it, it has a little bit more of a bittersweet note to it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I yeah, I'm pretty sure you can go here earlier, but for me it was. You know, you find out that she collects Witcher gear, um, and it's because she used to uh, have a romantic uh, connection to Vesemir, and uh, it was her first love. Right. And you can you can break the news to her and say, no, he like definitely died like a hero. Yeah. You know, you, you know this is okay. This is how you get um, the blueprints for a set of uh, unique Witcher gear. Yes. By uh, trading with her, like she's yeah. a merchant, weirdly enough. <laughs> um, specifically, she asked, like, did he, you know, did he at least die like a Witcher? And you have the answer yeah. to say. You know, no, you have the answer to say, yes, you died like a witcher. And then you can one up, one up and say you died like a hero. Yeah. yeah. Saying no would be a real. Yeah. That'd be cold, cold move right there. Like, <laughs> my girl wasn't that impressed by that. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he just kind of fell over. It's, uh... Yeah. <laughs> he died on the toilet. Um, you know, he was, he was eating a lamprey pie on the toilet and just <laughs> strained a little bit too hard. You know how it is. Yeah. It's only a matter of moments for you, eh, Countess? It happens Later. every day. Uh, <laughs> That's if you were still Vladimir. So, <laughs> I th you know, I, th I think that uh, Geralt is always going to carry a little piece of Vladimir around with him now. Yeah, a little Vladimir on his shoulder. Yeah. Um, the third uh, kind of rich person you can talk to is uh, Yaramir. Uh, he is uh, an art dealer who does not believe that Geralt knows anything about art. Uh, yeah. I don't know how this works. It seemed like guessing to me. 
but like he asks you to identify which painting is by this particular master. Yeah, it it is guessing. Um, you you choose the painting of the the merchant. Yeah. Uh, who is it was the correct answer uh, for this? I it, it, there's five paintings. I got this right on accident. Me too. Um, and wow. Oh, um, <laughs> that, that is that's uh you know, and I was just very surprised because I looked up online and I was like, oh, is every one of them right? Is the idea that this is like a narrative thing that you're just supposed to get it right? And it's like, yeah. no, no, I just guess the right one. Yeah. Um, and this this ends up being again, it kind of I the reason why I thought maybe every one of them is right because this game does like i mean it's not it's not a problem with it right but you can see the kind of story they want to tell mm-hmm. and they they fit in these interactive game elements into it very well right but like the shawnee thing um finding out about van roe is important to the story very much so is, yeah. you know so uh you know not critical like if you miss it it's not a big deal but it's it's good to know yeah. and you can almost feel the developers being a little bit like if this were a D session this would be a railroaded mm-hmm. D session i said that earlier and that's not really a criticism because the story it wants to tell is so good and i'm down to sit down and mm-hmm. you know be taken on a, on a ride um but this felt a little bit like that right even though it actually is just an amazing coincidence that yeah. we both like grabbed it thank you for mentioning van roe because i forgot to make a note of it but this is very important um he is here specifically looking for a uh, a painting by van roe this you know master who is reclusive nobody's ever seen them um and the painting well, is like novigrad at night like i thought this was just going to be like haha it's a reference yeah, to Vincent van gogh huh. yeah yeah well he's he's not looking for it he gives you a tip and says like hey there's an artist nobody knows about him. His name is Van Rowe. Okay. There's a collector outside of Velen who will pay top dollar okay. for this artist who yeah. loves it. And so he just says that when this comes up in auction, you can buy low. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually, a really cool little bit is you get a house in Blood and Wine and you can hang it up in your house if you decide not to complete the quest. Oh, nice. So you can you can keep this painting if you want to have it as art for, uh, for your house. Hmm. Be cool. Yeah. Um, so you go, you do the auction. Um, the auction ends up uh, having a couple of different items. Um, many of which are just kind of, uh, lead to treasure hunt mm-hmm. quests. Like it's like, here's a sculpture of a bird. There's a mystery in it. If you break it open, then you can get a, the location of a treasure. Yeah. Um, I got the, the glasses here as well. These are the glasses that the villain wears in Witcher one. Hmm. Uh, the professor wears these cool glasses. So if you want to have these cool sunglasses on, which make you look very slick. Nice. Uh, yeah. You have to buy them now. I had no idea. I just, I, I bought them and I sold them cause I didn't want them taking up my no. inventory. They 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 make you look uh like a man out of time. Yeah. They they do they do make you look like uh not like you're from medieval Europe. <laughs> um but I, I wore them for most of the game. You can't wear them with the uh the masterwork cat hood, which mm. is kind of a feline school hood, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. But um yeah, so you can you can buy a bunch of different things. Eventually the auction house owner comes out yes. and says, like, hey, you know what, you weren't invited. Yeah. Well, uh, who who brought in this trash off the street? because uh, I'm Maximilian Borsodi and I'm a huge piece of shit. Yeah, I'm no good. Um, you ask about that. Like, you're looking for Maximilian Borsodi's house. That is the house that you're sent to go get. Mm-hmm. Um, he kicks you out. You fight the guards. Um, you think that that's going to be it, and you're going to have to find another way to break in at night or whatever. But this hood stranger comes up and says, like, hey, I was watching during that. Um, mm-hmm. They show a little scene of him watching as yeah. well. Um, I would like to stage a heist here. You know, let's do some things. If you want in on this house, I can help you with that. Right. You know, and Horse sees you do this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they show uh, him... Uh, the Maximilian, uh, you know, the, or the, like the, the horse, horse Borsodi. Yes. Yeah. So, so it is horse Borsodi. Maximilian Borsodi is his father. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Horst is watching. Yeah. Uh, so he knows about this. So you're kind of set up to fail initially, but it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. Uh, so the rendezvous point is in the basement of the herbalist house, uh, mm-hmm. which is currently being attacked by uh, these fallen knights. These are knights uh, who have no uh, banner to march under because Geralt literally dissolved their order. <laughs> 
um, yep. in a previous game. Uh, they 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 factor into that roses on a red field quest. Um, yes, that we're going to talk about later. Uh, you get the password and you go in uh, to you know to where the stranger is. You know, never gives a name. He's just a real shady kind of figure, and he's been working on this heist plan for basically a year. Uh, he wants to get something that was stolen from him and is in the vault inside. And here the game kind of breaks format in a really great way. Like it becomes <laughs> like <laughs> a trailer. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, 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 uh, so he says like, here's, you know, here's my plan. Um, you know, we have to get in this tower by Barsodi's uh, estate, even though it's 60 feet up, we're going to the main house through the attic. Uh, and we need to assemble a crew. <laughs> and then you get these little like sizzle reels yep. for these different, like who's who of the criminal underground of, <laughs> of Bella. And it's, it's like amazing. Like it's really, really <laughs> weird. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I mean, like I, I was doing like the baseline from Viva Las Vegas. It's like Geralt's. It's Geralt's five. Is, is yes. what this is, or it's uh, you know, like a like a lock, stock, and two smoking barrels kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Snatch as as you see these guys, uh, you know, like the, these options. Like, all right, so we need to get in through the window. It's sixty feet up from the ground. Well, we're gonna need a gymnast. Well, we either have uh, Airmine or Hugo, the beef patty huff, and then we see the two of them committing these crimes. You know, <laughs> He's breaking it, it, this. It's a little, little character selection, yeah. you know, play of the game kind of things. Um, you need to get through uh, the safe. So you can either use a safe cracker um, named Casimir Bassi or a retired dwarven demolitions expert <laughs> uh, to, to kind of blow it up. Yes. Uh, or, no, oh, yeah, the same, it's Casimir Bassi. He is the retired dwarven uh, expert. Yes. The other is Quinto, uh, who was imprisoned by one of the Baron Lute Baron's lieutenant's men. Yeah, uh, one of them will blow it up. One of them will pick the lock. Right. Apparently. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who did you go with? Um, I went with the, uh, for the first one, I went for the lady, uh -huh. uh, the ermine. And the second one, I went for the uh, safe cracker, like the, the uh, non demolitions. Okay. Person, yeah. which is like in retrospect is less fun, but I was still had an eye towards success yeah. for some reason. Like spoiler, this goes badly. And I could have <laughs> known that the game tells you that by showing the guy. Right. Right. Watching you meet with, with uh, who ultimately turned out to be his brother. But yeah. the, um, you know, I went with the ones I thought would give me the best chance of success. Yes. Uh, I went with the Ermine, uh, despite my fascination with recruiting somebody named the Beef Patty. Um, yeah. And then I, I did the Dwarven Demolitions Expert. Uh, the other thing that you need to do is call the patrols. Uh, and Geralt's kind of bottom line here is he doesn't want to kill anybody. Like, witchers don't generally act as thieves. This is way out of character. I'm only doing this because I literally have the devil breathing down my neck. Uh, he doesn't want to poison the guards. However... Uh, you can get the garrisons cooked to basically mix mix Tide Pods into the guards' food. <laughs> yep, and they'll they'll, they'll YouTube it. Yeah, um, the uh, yeah. So you'll do that to make them sick, mm -hmm. uh, and that's just there's kind of like mini questlets to all of these things that you yeah. go do. There's not a whole lot to them, right? Um, uh, you know, to to go get the uh, the gymnast, you find that she's an elf and she's with an elven circus. Uh, and you had to stand in for their sharpshooter mm -hmm. uh, who drank some bad booze and went blind. She had to shoot <laughs> these uh, fruits off of a, another performer in the crossbow interface. Yes. It's like a, like a William Tell kind of thing. Yeah. Um, to get the demolitions expert, uh, you have to go get him out, out of retirement. Uh, he is drunk as a skunk and he's on his roof getting ready to blow up his house and probably the entire village because his wife left him. Mm. <laughs> so uh, I use the mind trick to get him down and, you know, diffuse the situation. Uh huh. Um, and then, you know, tell him, hey, there's one last job. You know, there, there's use for you yet. And he, he agrees to help me because he has nothing to lose, which is what you <laughs> want in a breaking and entering accomplished. 
You you can also uh, get him down by uh, appealing to his ego. Oh. If you don't want to use the sign, you can say like, you know, hey, this is the coward's way out, etc. Um, and then also the uh, so when you go get the uh, the guy who picks locks, it's mm-hmm. actually pretty bland. Like he is being held by uh, a army group, and you can fight them or you can talk to them. Um, he's somebody who I knew, but I couldn't remember him from the main game. Like he acted like he knew me. Oh, weird. Acted like he knew me, and you can either just pay for him to be released. Uh, and he does the thing where he had already picked the lock by the time he paid for him, you know, because he's a slick lock pick guy. And this is a weirdly like cinematic over the top <laughs> section of quests. Yeah. But there's not a whole lot to it. It's not very flavorful. Right. And I don't remember what you do to get Huff, but or to get the, the beef patty Huff. Mm-hmm. But it's not uh, there's not a whole lot to it. either. Right. Right. So these are these little mini quests. Same thing with getting the food. Yeah. Um, you have to make this concoction, um, kind of learn where the cook is. And then uh, either convince or mind trick the cook into tainting the food. Right. So the plan is to, you know, get in, go through, and then get out through a secret passage. Uh, We don't know where the secret passage lets out, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the the stranger, you can question him on all this stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, you're not just, like, grinning and going along with all these dumb, you know, kind of, not dumb, but, you know, signs, like, red flags. Right. If this is a shadow run, you would would turn on Mr. Johnson, you know? (laughs) Um, The... uh, but, you know, he, you really don't have a choice, and he has kind of plausible explanations for this stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, and even getting in, um, you find out that his explanations are shoddy. Like, his intel was wrong. Um, there was a guard where there one where one wasn't supposed to be, which leads to, you know, us having to deal with somebody, and that kind of spirals out of control. Um, yeah. You know, there are guards and doors when, you know, we thought that there weren't supposed to be. Um, and we end up like getting past a point of no return We're we're, we're cornered and Gerald ends up, you know, picking up some wooden swords. I think this is an option. Um, you can decide whether you want to proceed lethally or not, or non-lethally. I decided to go mm-hmm. non-lethally for now. And we just end up clubbing everybody with these, uh, well, you know, with these wooden katanas. Well, you can say you're going to go non-lethally, but he doesn't. Yeah. The, the stranger still pulls out his sword. And it's also a little bit weird, like Gerald talking about not wanting to kill quite this often. Because it's not like, you know, witchers make a, a habit of just slaughtering guards, but I could have sworn I've been in an area where a guard tried to stop me and I killed him already yeah, in the yeah. game. You know, this this feels a little bit out of character for me with yeah. the rest of the game. Um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, you know, the, this guy is kind of a piece of shit. Like, he's, you know, again, he's double, kind of double-crossed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you, uh, as you go, um, it looks like this uh, this didn't happen for you. There's a part where you can take hostages. Did you do that? Um, I had hostages, but I let them go. I was like, it does, okay. yeah, we're not, we're, I'm not, I'm not going to put them in danger. It doesn't matter if there's leverage, you know, regard no matter what happens, there's a way for me to figure out how to do this without killing innocent people. It's just kind of cool that like the, the police have you surrounded, yep. you know, like it, it is, it is very heist, heisty. Yeah. Um, you can take hostages, you can ask for demands, um, and you can do this, like there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Ultimately it's not very consequential, but right. it's a cool little, little sequence. Um, things get worse. Like you head downstairs to where you're actually going to find uh, what you're looking for mm-hmm. here. And uh, again, it gets worse. <laughs> Very much so because you're in here. Um, Horst is down here. He's all holed up. The stranger decides, you know, in this confrontation to unmask himself, he is you old Borsodi, uh, Horst's brother who is disinherited. You, you can ask Horst if he has any family and he gets real sensitive about it. You yeah. um, plan is to kill Horst. Um, and you're given an option of who you want to, uh, who you want to stand with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I regret my choice, mostly because of what uh, Old Gear tells me later. I really just had, like, in the moment I said, yeah, Horst is a dick. Uh, Yule is probably going to handle this a little bit better. 
uh, just because mm-hmm. he seems to seems to want it more and not feel entitled to it. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, neither neither of these choices is good. Yeah, it turned it turned out they're both bad. Yeah, that people. I I didn't I signed sided in the moment with Horst because again nobody nobody tricks Geralt. Mm-hmm. You know, so he should have told me all the information. So he's got to go. Right. Um. You know, when you get into a fight, depending on who you took with you, they will take different sides mm-hmm. here uh, in this fight. But it ends up kind of just being a big melee, the type of which we've seen yeah. many times. Uh, like, the, um, like the air mine, like uh, Evelyn, she leaves. Like as soon as yeah. things go bad, she's like, I, I did what I wanted to do. I don't care about <laughs> getting the cut isn't worth the risk. I'm out. Yeah. And the the, the lockpick guy um, joins uh, Horst hmm. and says like, hey, you know, this guy's speaking my language like he'll he, he can pay more he has better resources right what do, what does the demolition experts guy I is have, he down, I, he's I have no recollection Gary. <laughs> yeah i don't think he's down there at that point i think that you just have the uh, locksmith person yeah um regardless of which it's a big fight yeah um so you know for me it ended with yule pinning horse you know yule wants everything uh he doesn't want to kill horse he just wants horse to walk out with only the clothes on his back you know basically yeah. to go through what he went through which i'm down with that kind of justice um, horse pleads to take just one thing. Um, and you old says, Nope, you know, that's not the terms and ends up beating him with a candlestick. Just, you know, basically putting his lights out. Girl tries to stop him, but can't. Yeah. Um, this, this didn't happen for me. I think I actually ended up killing both of them. Mm. Um, I think I sided with one of them and then the other guy. So after you side with Horst, um, he offers you like kind of a pittance, but it's still kind of a dick. Yeah. Uh, at that point. And I think he will give you the, the house that you want. Uh, if you ask for it, but I saw a whole room full of treasure and kind of wanted it. Yeah. Uh, you're not super proud of it, but I also knew these guys were both dicks. Like I'd listened to it. So I was like, ah, oh, you got to go to, yeah. and there's a dialogue. I didn't just like somebody early execute. And there's a dialogue option as well, where you can kind of goad him uh, into yeah. it. So I think, I think I ended up killing both the brothers. Yeah. I just, just goad him into suicide by Witcher. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, Yold says like, I, you know, you can't take the house. Like that is literally what I'm here for because my father's will is inside it. Um, and the compromise that I break is, you know, okay, well, you you need the will. You don't need the box. You know, this kind of casket that that it's in that is shaped like their like their manner. Um, so we decide to split it. Um, I get to fill the letter of what uh, of what Old Geard asked for, asked for, but not actually the substance. Yeah, and I, I ended up giving him giving him both. Oh geez! Wow. Things. So yeah, this uh, we we should talk about how this articulates because I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, I mean, it doesn't like I. I mean, this is a spoiler for the end. Um, I, I don't like Olgard. I don't want him to get good things. And, like I, I think he's a really bad character, and I, I'm glad he's uh, his soul was sucked into oblivion. Um, like I think okay. he's really bad. Yeah. Um, uh, like regardless of how I felt about Olgard, I uh, it, it, his plans for the deed would actually have been a bigger benefit outside yes. of outside of this story regardless of his intention because in t- his intention he wanted the house um meaning the you know the, the the casket thing with the deed inside it so he could basically liquidate all of this family's assets he has a grudge against the borsodis for not sticking with them when their family started falling um he well, wanted to specifically li- like not not sticking with them they they are very responsible for the ruin oh, of yeah. his family like they, they uh they drove up a lot of debt uh yeah. and that debt ends up being kind of a question mark where there's a couple different things that you know that seems like it could be mm-hmm. um and they were like we can get you the money he goes no we need it all right now yeah uh so the borsodis like liquidated their house and auctioned off all their things it's actually a very touching thing where he talks about like seeing his like mother's desk ma- death mask yeah auctioned off for peanuts 
yeah. you know, his brother's sword. All these things just kind of sold off for almost nothing. Mm-hmm. So the revenge thing, he wants to liquidate it and he'll put the money into an orphanage, but just to bother their Bersodes. Right. And he just says, like, I don't actually care about orphans. Right. You know, which again, uh, foreshadowing, right? Like, you can't care about orphans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I felt bad because like, oh, those orphans could have gotten that money. I could have, you know, basically left, left things better no matter what the intention was. Yeah. 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 Who knows if he would have done it? Uh, one true. of the one of the things with the twin antagonist of this game is that Ulgird lies to you, yeah. Um, you know, and and uh, several times, like mm-hmm. he doesn't always do it. Sometimes he does that spirit and letter stuff, but there are many kind of outright lies he tells. So yeah, he is not a reliable man. Yeah. So, um, um, like we said, Ulgird has this vendetta, um, and this also relates to uh, you know the, the the prince as well, because you know after the the family fell into <laughs> fell into ruin. Into financial ruin, he says that uh, his fiance's family uh, promised her to an Ophiri prince instead of yes. you know, condemning her to marriage with you know a, a baron who would soon a become a pauper. Yeah, yeah, and they don't uh, they don't say this is the same prince. Like, there's a little bit of like just putting everything together right. as you learn these little details of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, since you've done two of the wishes now, uh, he gives you the third wish, and he is getting kind of as this goes like more pained and reluctant. Yeah, uh, he obviously doesn't want you to succeed, but he says uh, third third wish wish. Um, you talk to them is uh that he wants you to go uh get a uh, flower yes um, um that he gave a yeah. violet rose that he gave his wife yes um and this turns out to even be more complicated than uh, you know giving vladimir a good time because this exact rose was given years and years ago yes yep and he gets kind of philosophical at this point he's trying to kind of prime you for what you're going to see right like you know, hey, have you ever loved, you know, just so you know, like, if you succeed, this is going to be the end of me. Mm-hmm. Like, there's more to what you're doing than you know. Yes. Like, well, no, no shit. But, like, it, it's, a, uh, you know, it's still, it's, it's, the characters are getting nervous. Yes. So for the quest scenes from a marriage, you have to go to the actual estate, you know, that Olgird and his family had, the Von Everick estate. Not the one he burned down, but the one where he left his wife. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you head there, it is covered by the spooky fog. Um, there's a thief trying to get inside, and this is, you know, kind of says like, hey, this is the, the golden goose. You know, a lot of people have tried to get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, his partner, Kendrick, uh, had already gone in there and disappeared. And you see this kind of foreshadowing, this hooded figure walking in the background. Yeah. You um, you follow the trail of the partner who you know who was wounded and kind of dragged out back behind the house to this makeshift graveyard, um, you know, with these unmarked graves. There's a black cat that's kind of watching you, and it's too late. The partner Kendrick is dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, the whole thing is very spooky. Yeah. Um, this hooded figure uh, is digging this grave, and he looks up, and he has no face. Uh, he's got you know the kind of uh, you know that that Guillermo del Toro monster version. Yeah. Of not having a face. And this ends up being um, probably like the strongest boss fight in this. Yeah. DLC. It's a good boss fight against this thing, uh, the caretaker, what this thing is known as. Um, and it's actually kind of interesting. Um, it's got this shovel that uses a weapon um, and does a couple of different uh, attacks. Um, but after you attack it for a time, it can actually uh, shovel up the people it killed before and absorb HP from these kind of shadow monsters mm-hmm. that uh, that comes up. And, you know, again, Geralt's never seen anything like it. Yeah, this is, this is not, uh, you know, a kind of creature 
this is unique. It's you know something that was literally made for this estate to help keep things in a in a kind of order. Um, bespoke, yeah, yeah, it's bespoke. He um uh he's very aggressive with his attacks, and he's got the shovel. It's got long reach. Uh, you end up kind of having to having to bait him into this kind of cone attack. Sends out this cone of cold or this cone of corruption, but it locks him into the ground. Yeah. Yep, so you can get in your hits, but it takes a while. It's like a long fight. Yeah. Um, after you beat him, you can get this shovel, yep. uh, and it drains health, which is cool. <laughs> like, I never, I'm never, i never going to use a weapon that isn't a Witcher you know, sword, but right. it's still pretty cool. Yeah, um, and again, I love it when characters um, in a games say what I, what I would say myself or what I'm thinking when I'm playing. Geralt, upon finishing him off, says, what the fuck was that? Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't, he's going to, and then to keep things weirder, this, this black cat that's banging out, shows up and uh, speaks to you telepathically um, with a black dog and starts talking to you, just kind of staring at you. And, you know, again, Geralt has seen a lot of things, doesn't quite know what this is. Right. Uh, They say, you know, think of us as friends of the house. And these are going to kind of be your, like, helper buddies. Um, I love these guys (laughs) um, through this next quest. Um, And kind of gives you, you know, teaches you kind of a way to get in. Um, You get in and you can see the house is, like, it's partially burned down. It's in complete disrepair. Um, but it seems like there are things kind of in the paintings Yes, as you move through who are, they're still vibrant mm-hmm. and kind of alive. The things kind of moving into and out of them. Um, specifically when you get upstairs, you're in this, uh, hallway that suddenly turns endless. Yes. <laughs> uh, really, really great moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, to happen to fight this, um, you know, this, the specter that is popping into and out of these, uh, out of these paintings and it keeps on like charging itself up. And what you have to do is you have to attack the glowing, the glowing paintings to keep it from reviving completely. Now, in, in a normal, if this were a quest that were in the main game, that would be the end of it. <laughs> like, here's this haunted manor. Um, it has this guardian outside. You get inside. There's a wraith that is drawing stuff from the painting. Right. You know, but that's, this is this is, takes us up further. Um, you go into this actual bedchamber and you find Iris. Uh, she is dead. She's been dead for a long time. Yeah. She's been mummified on her bed, essentially. Yes. You know. Um, and the cat and dog, you know, they pull weasel wish language on me saying like, we told you we'd help you find her. We didn't say how she, we didn't say she would be alive when you got here. Yes. Um, yeah, but maybe you can bring her to peace. Yes. Because she died of basically grief and loneliness. Her heart broke. Um, yeah. that, that is why there was a wraith of her, you know, moving from her paintings. Um, and so you need to bury her in the front garden, you know, when one of her, uh, one of her favorite spots, the dog hands you the key and Geralt reflexively says, good dog, and pets him on the head. Yeah, very funny. Because <laughs> uh, they, cause they, 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 it's very like stentorian, like the, 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 these, these things very clearly supernatural. Yes. The dog and the cat. Um, you go and you, you can give her kind of a eulogy to try to put her at peace. You can bury her with a sketchbook yeah. and stuff. And you, uh, you, you try to bring her back, but she comes back kind of ghoulish. Um, you know, it's not working. She summons a painting of her house and goes into it. Yes. It is uh, a painting of the house in its prime. Like yes. put on, put on an easel as though she was like painting plein air, like right in front of it. It's like a, like a window into an old version of the, of the manor, which is important. She goes into it and you follow her into a painted world. Yes. Uh, which is, so she, this is, gets revealed a little bit later, but she is Van Roe. Yep. Um, and paints in that kind of style and the house is painted as such, and the game does a marvelous job of kind of getting that across. Yes. Um, this looks very cool. <laughs> yep. Has some kind of weird shader on it to make it look like it is an impressionistic style painting of this environment. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, and this kind of is this sequence where you're kind of going around to her memories and restoring them. Um, and this thing is, this painting is filled with her fears. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like spiders. 
uh, things, things like that, you know, that you'd be scared of. Um, and you are kind of addressing them. Yes. So this is how you're going to kind of free her. When we say complete memories, um, you get to these little areas where you see a, a photo and you see real life and you kind of have to make real life match the photo. And then you get a little cutscene. Right. That kind of explains, again, quite a, literally scenes from a marriage. Yeah. Um, and you, and the, the order in which you are going after them is like the entire arc of Olgierd and Iris's relationship. Like you, yes. you know, find them, you find them frozen by this garden fountain and by placing a wine glass in Iris's hand, you know, it puts a toast in motion, you know, um, and it's them kind of just uh, getting ready to assume their happily married life in this manner. Like Olgierd is, you know, they, they've come back to this. It has been long, long dormant. Olgierd has actually swept all of the spiders out of the house and into the garden uh, making it ready for them to live in because she is terrified of spiders. Yes. And then you have to fight a huge shadow spider. Mm-hmm. You know, again, there's a little bit of that, like, oh, we need to put a fight here. Yeah. Feeling, you know, as I, as I mentioned, because, you know, I'm kind of breathlessly waiting for, and I like the combat in this game, but I'm like breathlessly waiting for the next little vignette because they're yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you do that um, and you're kind of getting them in their, their prime and they're kind of hopeful. Yeah. Um, you go inside, you recreate this painting of a feast and we see Iris's parents show up. Um, they do not approve of this marriage. Yeah. Uh, they have brought these banknotes to show, like, actually, Olgierds, uh has all this debt. Mm-hmm. Um, we bond out the debt in order to avoid embarrassment, but you can't, you know, you can't do this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just so, so we like you, you can't go on, but we have avoided the disgrace. And Olgierd doesn't accept this. He pulls a Walter White. He throws, you know, he, he throws the banknotes into the fire. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, you head upstairs to this bedchamber. Um, you find this uh, this bloody towel and put it by the the, wa- the basin, and we find Olgerd washing mm-hmm. uh, washing this blood off. Yeah. Um, Iris is in bed, like come 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 to bed, Smithers. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he's he's he lies. He says he's washing off ink. Right. Yeah. As opposed to blood, we'll find out why he is. Uh, what's up with this blood <laughs> why, here? Why he is covered in blood? Because we head over to Olgerd's study, um, and ah, it turns out he's into some weird stuff. Uh, he's got a summoning circle on the ground like his yeah. study um you know his his pursuit of knowledge is a pursuit of demonology um yes. and so you have to you know in order to complete the painting you have to complete the summoning circle with chalk and candles yeah um and and kind of what what happens here is this the scene it's showing is him trying to do this incantation that will end a pact right. uh, the ritual goes wrong uh, and causes the room to catch fire and kind of set part of his house on fire mm-hmm you escape into a painting of the house during winter time. Yeah. So we are to get a, out. We are in a painting within a painting. Yeah. Um, and this brings back that mechanic of <laughs> running in inclement weather from when Geralt was hopping worlds. Uh, you have yes. to, you know, cut a path to get into the cellar before you freeze to death. Um, yep. And in there, you find Olgierd, you know, drinking vodka from a beer tankard. Um, and as you know, uh, Iris's dad is here, you know, and he's ripping something up. You put the marriage contract in there, like he you know, is helping Iris out of the relationship. He is saying like, you know, Iris wants a divorce. Uh, the Olgierd that she married is dead. Um, yes. You know, and Olgierd. Uh, he, okay. do, he doesn't take, he takes this great. He says, okay. <laughs> and, we, and then credits roll. <laughs> <We're laughs> uh, we just like, uh, if, 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 if I loved you, I want I would want you to be happy. And it turns into Mario. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the, the super uh, Von Everick brothers is something I would play. Oh, yeah. But honestly, like, <laughs> the, uh, 
Um, but instead of that, he says, you'll actually stay here forever. And then he like shakes uh, her father. It seems like it's an accident, but like breaks his neck. Yeah. Like, pushes him up against a pillar or something, breaks his neck. Yeah. Uh, you know, terrifying, yeah. you know, for, for Iris. Yeah. So the, the like the more immediate thing is Olgier kills her dad right in front yeah. of her. Well, that's what I said. Like he shakes him and kills him yeah. by accident. Yeah. Right, right. Um, yeah. the, the the bigger thing though that you will stay here forever. That is true. Like that yeah. is you know like like that, that 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 is essentially a curse that he is uttering into existence. Yeah, he he has that kind of power. Um, curses. I'm sure there are like wiki entries on how curses work in this universe. Right. We've seen that before though. Yeah. Like somebody saying something with a strong enough emotion or a strong enough conviction like does cause it to be real. Yeah. In this game, and he had cursed that Ophiri prince. I don't know where that happens if it's before this scene or after it, but right. he has that power regardless, whether it's demon related or, or how. Right. Um, yeah. The, the the line that you know that, that kind of underlines this um, is that it's either the cat or the dog. It says, "Then von Everick ceased to be human. He merely remembered that he should love her." Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh It's you know pretty tricky. We get the the origin of this this dog and this cat. Um, mm-hmm. This next little scene. Where you, you set up a bowl for the dog and for the cat. We see Iris sitting there. Um, the caretaker is bringing in some food, that monster that we just fought. Yeah. Um, and you can see what this is, is Olgaard had set up these kind of beasts and these monsters. He's trying to create company for her. Right. He is trying to make it so, like, he he's going to move on. Like, he does not want to be here and, you know, basically be her warden, uh, you know, even though yeah. she has cursed to, cursed to stay here. And she just is fucking repulsed by the caretaker, as you probably should be, and has no interest in the dogs. You know. Yeah, the dog and the cat are both weird, and they speak in a human tongue. Right. Like they're not affectionate. It's there's um shades of this. This reminded me a lot of um Doctor Manhattan, oh yeah, uh, yeah, from The Watchmen. Like trying, you know, doing what he thinks like approximate. Like I thought you would like this. Mm-hmm. You know, like he doesn't, he can't really care. He's just you know approximating what care might look like. You yeah. know, yeah. But like Iris has no light left in her, and Olgaard basically makes this admission. You know, I, I no longer feel anything. I can't I, I can't fathom what's going on here. Yeah. You know, and and she and she's kind of put in the same position, not through this uh, this bargain, but just kind of through abuse. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you, you know, who knows how long this is, but you get the impression that it's a very long time. Right. Um, of abuse. And she's like, I, I can't remember if I hate you. Like, I don't feel any like I don't feel anything anymore. Like, she's yeah. got this kind of severe PTSD, you know, kind of shock. Right. And, and then, so, you know, and these are the hearts of stone, one from the consequences of the steel and the other, you know, I, I guess as another consequence of that is a consequence of the abuse of the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's real fucked up. It's actually. Yeah, it's of, really sad. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard it's, to it's see. Ex- extremely sad. Like Iris is a, is a real tragic character. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in a game that has a lot of tragic characters in yes. it. Um, and your final the final scene that you are kind of walking into is Iris's greatest fear, which is locked up deep inside the house. You know, you, you find this letter that he left, you know, with the rose upon leaving this violet rose that he asked you to come get. Um, and you know, some of the thrust of the letter is, you know, I cannot help you, but I can cease hurting you. And that's the justification for leaving. Um, and then when Geralt looks up from this, he realizes that he is surrounded by these twitching, half-naked, mutilated zombies of Olgaard. Some of them are frozen, a couple of them fight, and this is another boss fight. Um, mm-hmm. Man, this is really dense with the boss fights, and that is not something that I observed when I was actually playing it. Um, but this is tough. Like, Olgaard is a very, <laughs> very apt swordsman, and you can accidentally, like, 
tumble into some of the frozen ones and then get yourself outnumbered very quickly. So a big part of this is watching your footwork and making sure you only fight one at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, other than that, though, they are just kind of sword fights, like they're tough yeah. sword fights, but they're not like, uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of other powers. He has the sword that does kind of these weird fire moves, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, you, you can get that if you want it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is foreshadowing for that. Um, after you beat him, Iris walks in the room and says, like, you're not him, um, you know, and kind of explains like she dried that rose and placed that at her bedside. Uh, where she just kind of laid and waited to die. Like she watched it turn to dust and she turned to dust. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but the rose in the world that you're in, the fake world, bloomed again. Yeah. Um, just, as you kind just of brought as, these memories back to life. Yeah, just as you brought the the you know, the real iris, her essence back to life, the rose came back as well. Yeah. yeah. And she gives you a little intelligence, like she knows who Gondro Dim is. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this is my fault that Olgird summoned Odim for these riches and immortality. For both of us. Right. So that's it's an important thing that I, I don't see discussed or remembered a lot in talking about this DLC is that she was kind of in on it initially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's not something not I'm not trying to victim blame here at all. Um, like ultimately I am on her side uh, more than Olgard's, but like the idea that um you know, she was in on the plan. He didn't do this whole thing behind her back. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So Yeah, this the like this was a way for them to basically cheat existence and to get a longer happier life together outside of kind of the consequences of their past yes um okay. and instead you know again you get what you wish for not what you want uh both of them ended up getting really bad sides of it her especially more than more than old geared because old geared yeah. at least has the ability to roam he has the ability to go you know to to not be stuck here and definitely didn't die a tragic a tragic death and live a horrible post-death existence on the back of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, she has says like, how is he, you know, cause there's, there's some part of her that still cares. Mm -hmm. uh, and you say that he, you know, you can be insightful at this point. You've had many interactions with him. Yeah. Uh, so you can kind of choose again, you role play how insightful your girl is. Um, you, you can say like, he pretends to be happy, but he isn't at heart. He is stone. Uh, nothing has changed. Right. Uh, she says, um, you say you need the rose. And she says like, this is my last little bit. Um, essentially the, the rose is what keeps her in this world. It's the linchpin. Yeah. Um, and she says like, Hey, you know, if you, uh, if you take this, I don't know what comes next in all of your studies. Do you know what comes next? <laughs> and you say, no, you know, yeah. like, a, like nobody knows that. Um, so at this point, the idea is, do you, uh, do you take the rose, uh, and put her, I think that you, you and I did everything different in this DLC because <laughs> I think she's so miserable, like, and, yeah. and she doesn't, she's unsure about it. But to me, it was like the good, good thing to do was to take the rose and free her from this prison. Yeah. Like um, send her into oblivion. Yeah. I, I, I thought, um, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about this, but in the, in the moment, her terror of oblivion seemed to overpower whatever misery she had here. And, mm. you know, whatever she had with this, with this rose within these different worlds that she had created, you know, based on her, based on her power, you know, she was still stuck. She was still in limbo, but it was not an oblivion that might've been worse than what, what she would have gotten by dying naturally. Right. Yeah. We, I mean, nobody, nobody knows. It's like the big, yeah. you know, big question mark. Yeah. You know, it just, uh, the fact that like all of the memories were so miserable and intense, mm -hmm. it's like, I would, I wouldn't want to live in that, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and also I wanted to free the cat and dog. So when it comes, when it comes, when it comes time to be able to do like PETA shit, <laughs> I mean, I've been on it. 
<laughs> but they're, but they're like space coyote and space puma. Like yeah, they're not yeah, like, but they 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 wanted to be free as well. They were trapped as well. Oh, true. If, yeah. if you if you give if you take the rose, they thank you and they say they actually give you advice. Yeah, yeah. Um, they teach they tell you that they know how to how to take on Odem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like so so the like the like the dog and cat when I decide when I decide I can't take the rose and you know leave her with it. Um, mm-hmm. you know that they, they say like, hey, you need to show her some mercy. But I interpreted that as them wanting out more than uh more than mm. her. You know that that them being interested in her well being, you mm. know, and you know this is basically me abdicating, saying it's not my place to decide, you know whether what it, it's not my place to decide whether she exists or doesn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I generally like in general in games, not always, but almost always, I will choose a euthanasia option. Yeah, like I'm not, you know, well, I generally somebody... I generally go that way too. People were aghast when I played Soma; it was just euthanizing things left and right. <laughs> Yeah, 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 <laughs> watching yeah, it yeah. like this. This should be a dilemma for you, Cole. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, it, it seems, seems miserable. Yeah, yeah, like it just you know pull pull that pull that plug. Um, you know if if uh, if, if the quality of life is is that bad. Uh huh. You know. Um. So if you if you if you do the thing, you can take the rose and she'll give it to you. She don't have to like fight her or steal it from her. You just say right. like, no, I actually need the rose. Um, it might be okay for you, and she gives it to you willingly. Um, and disappears. Uh, the dog and cat thank you, and they say um, to uh, be be very careful of Odem. Like, mm-hmm. No shit. Um, <laughs> and then the, uh, say something like, "To defeat him, you need uh, like an un- unwavering reflection or something like that." Like mm-hmm. they they give you the answer to the riddle. Oh, nice. Um, at the end. Yeah. There. Otherwise, if if you if you weasel it, how what what happens? Uh, so like, if you if, if you weasel it, um, Iris returns to sleep, you know, wishing she could be with Olgird, basically to go dream of him. Um, and she says another rose will be waiting outside when you leave the painting. Um, Iris is there again and she is holding the rose again, um, in the painting, actually, like she is standing in front of the house. It's almost like a self portrait of her in front of the manor. Um, Geralt pulls out his knife and actually cuts the canvas, taking Iris and the rose with him. Um, so it is not the rose itself. It is a painting of the rose. I think the fact that images count for all of these, uh, deal with the devil things mm-hmm. uh it feels like it's such a major loophole that <laughs> makes me feel like i could do i would do business with gondor odim if i can just do an image and be yeah. like yeah you give me x uh i'll word it very carefully and i have to give you uh you know the planet saturn and then i draw saturn on a piece of paper and give it to him and go yeah and it just works in this world it really does so you would basically like be that ebay fraudster who would uh like who puts up a listing and then ships them a picture of the nintendo switch yeah i feel like you can get away with that in this world yeah because everyone just accepts it you know, if I ask for a flower and you give me a painting of a flower, like give me a break. So, so like what, what, this, here. what, what this ended, what, what the what this ended up being was you delivered on the exact you know thing that Olgierd asked for. I pulled the gaunter and I said, well, you know, you didn't actually specify. Yeah, I, I just feel like it, it's a it, it seems like it's a huge loophole. Yeah, to me, I guess that's just my point. Like you didn't specify that you didn't want a picture of the thing, but like. Yeah. Do I have to? Yeah. You know, apparently so. Like if he had just said actual rose, uh-huh. you know, then you then you'd be fucked. Yep. You know, the um. But I mean, the game the game is trucking with that. Like that whole like, the spirit versus the the wording is is part of the this DLC. Um. But it's just kind of funny that you can just do pictures and then later Gontro Tim pulls it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you return to Olgird, who has you know left that burned down manor and he's at the Alchemy Inn in uh, in Oxenford. Um, and when you're there, Gaunter actually calls you over before you can, you know, talk, talk to, talk to his men. Um, mm-hmm. 
a, a drunk pulls me aside and like, I want to yeah. tell you how great yeah. drinking a beer and pretzel <laughs> bread. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> um, you, you had your mace. Actually, nobody uses side weapons in the uh, right, right. In the Witcher, you didn't have your mace. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> so this drunk, you know, interrupts me, interrupts me as I'm going over to talk to Gaunter. And so Gaunter decides to turn off time. Yeah, he claps three times and time freezes yep. for everyone. Geralt calls him a show off. <laughs> yeah, which is very, you know, he's like, how could, you know, how could I not, you yeah. know? And uh, you ask him, you know, you get, at this point, Geralt is kind of sick of this shit. Yeah. Uh, and you can press him harder for these answers. You know, right. you say like, you know, do you actually control time or is this an illusion? And he goes, what does it matter? And you can say, actually, it matters a whole lot. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not going to fall into that rhetorical thing. Right. Stop dodging this question. Like, right. <laughs> it matters a great deal. Um, His no, response it, is amazing. There are four dimensions, yeah. Geralt. What would you have me fall in love with? With? Come now. Yeah, yeah I, love, I love that so much. <laughs> I mean, I, I like with. With this give, give me that give me that zap dig um <laughs> the uh but it, it's the uh this is this is a great kind of scene in general right and a great little conversation he talks about like stopping time allows him to do all these kind of delightful pranks you mm -hmm. know and he, he puts a fly in, in someone's soup uh you know which is important for something that happens you know in a moment mm -hmm. and you kind of start pushing him like you know what are you like you know are you a djinn are you a, a you know a, a demon you know, these things. Uh, and he goes, do you really wish to know? And you say, yes. And he goes, no, you don't, you know, like, and it's like, oh, so good. Yeah. If, <laughs> put, you know, put, if, that, put that in my veins. Like <laughs> if, you know, if, if you saw my true face or learn my true name, you would go mad as many have before. And that is just always going to work on me. Yeah. It doesn't matter how cliche it, it is. It doesn't matter how I, tired it gets. <laughs> I always like that. Like yeah. I will, <laughs> I will never not like that. And <laughs> my death in my deathbed, I will be like, what are your regrets? I'm like, oh, I didn't see more media where some kind of other extra dimensional being refuse to show its true face or name yeah that, that's the, you know because because for the the good of the person asking yeah. my favorite trope <laughs> so good um and he you know, kind of you can kind of say like Geralt is trying to puzzle out what he does because Geralt is in many ways like a scientist right mm -hmm. like he's a monster scientist he's like uh you know you you, you what do you do uh he says like i grant wishes um i don't hurt my victims i grant wishes but they wish for terrible things yeah so yeah people don't know what to wish for they you know it's it's not his fault that uh that they're imprecise um, and he says that, hey, in order to finish all of this up, you know, it's not enough that you did the three jobs. You know, I need to find Old Geard and get him to go to the Temple of Lilvani. Um, you know, this is a, this is in the fine print, uh, essentially, that this is where they're going to meet and celebrate. Yes. Yeah. And and the, the thing, you know, about about that wishing to the other little bit that pops up in this dialogue here is that uh, it could be here. It could be the last time you talk to him. There's a part where he's just like. Ilgard is is terrible. Like he is a terrible self, terribly selfish person who mm -hmm. will do anything to further his own goals. Right. Or, you know, and uh, you know, again, I keep coming back to this, and this is this is justifying, you know, in in not an insecure way, but justifying my final choice to shit on Ilgard is that like Gondor Dim doesn't lie. Right. Right. Like Ilgard is an extremely bad person. Yeah. And was always an extremely bad person. Right. Like he got worse. But he's a very bad person. Yeah. And he, um, you know, he even gives a little bit more detail. I, I forgot to make a specific note of this, but we might as well say that, like, you know, we saw what he did to Iris. Right. You know, the, yes. the, the, the evidence of his of his combined abuse and neglect of her is, you know, writ large and what we just went through. Um, and specifically with Vladimir, you know, he explains a little bit of the detail. Part of, you know, him actually sealing his deal involved, you know, sacrificing someone close to him. Vladimir yeah. didn't anyway, die by accident in a raid. Vladimir was actually like offered up. Yeah. 
they, I mean, we, I mean, we should just lay out the, the chronology yeah. here because I don't know if they if they do it later. I don't think they do. Right. Really. Um, it's worth it's worth saying, and we get a little bit more information. But essentially, um, you know, he was uh, this kind of roused about. He was in love with with Iris. Uh, his family fell in those hard times that auction house kind of screwed him over and stuff. And he wanted to uh, become you know rich and famous uh, again, or you know have enough wealth to have this this kind of marriage. Um, he wanted to uh, live every day like there was no tomorrow or something like that mm-hmm. was the phrasing. You know, something about uh, that ended up being immortal uh, and made these these kind of wishes. And he said, you have to give me somebody you love. Um, he gave up his brother, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and Iris was in on that decision to right. do that kind of dark ritual yes. uh, and make this deal. Yeah. Um, he did it when he was drunk. Like he went to a, to a you know, it doesn't excuse it, but he did it at a bar. Mm-hmm. He was very sad about his, uh, his shit. So that's ultimately uh, kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, um, and on the back of that, you know, one of the unintended consequences of living like there was no, no tomorrow on uh, being immortal is, you know, you can, you cannot die, but ultimately the real you, the part that feels things withers away, you know, yes. be, because of a lack of consequence or any other number of things. Um, and that ultimately led to um, kind of the, uh, some of the tragedy that happened after, after all this happened. Yeah. He, he got what he wished for, but not what he wanted. Right. You know, he wanted to live happily with, with Iris, but he wished to live forever and have wealth. Right. Uh, what you got, yep. you know, um, the, uh, so the, you think like, I actually know the deal is I grant those three wishes and Gondor goes not, mm. you know, we said at the end, we'd all meet together and thank each other. Right. You know, uh, so we have to meet, here's where we're going to meet. Yeah. Uh, we have to go to this temple. Um, when Gondor gets up to leave, he says, you know, I, you know, I do hate being interrupted. And he takes his spoon, which he always has, uh, and just kind of slowly pushes it into that drunk's eye. Yeah. Uh, it gives no resistance, which like to me, like is just, you know, this, this thing is incredibly strong when it wants to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then walks out and it's like really chilling and good <laughs> because you know, when he leaves time suddenly resumes, the person who had the fly put into a soup is really, you know, upset, like, ah, oh, God, this is gross. Uh, but then everybody starts panicking over the fact that this person, you know, this, this person who was fine before suddenly has his head got a, impaled got a on case a spoon. Of spoon eye. Yeah. Yeah. Spoon eye. <laughs> I got a soup that's gotta fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, so this is, I mean, the game has been progressively like, you already know that Gondor Dim is serious, just kind of how otherworldly is, but the game does a really good job of like progressively making him more and more threatening, mm-hmm. you know? And this is, this is a great like kind of climax to that. Yeah. Like at, 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 the, at the start, he is mysteriously powerful, despite the fact that he just kind of claims to be a wandering mirror salesman. You know, people call me Master yeah. Mirror. Um, yeah. But every single step of the way, we have seen just how things kind of spiral about him. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, love it. Like, this is one of my favorite scenes, like in games yep. as well. Like, this is this is my favorite Gaunter scene. Yeah. Well, it shows that he's like, he's really petty too. Like they're like, there's almost no reason for him to do this terrible thing aside from like, oh, you interrupted me. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a, you know, at the very least, like you could, the way you justify that is it's a show of power in in front of Geralt. Yes. You know, like you may be getting fed up with this. I need you to hold on a little bit longer because I almost have what I want. Right. And if you don't, you know, this could happen to you anytime. It is only by my whim that you're still alive. Yes. Um, and this yeah. takes us into kind of the final act. There's a little bit of optional stuff that you can do. Shawnee um, is getting ready to move to the Eastern Front, uh, Cadewin, um, and you have the option to convince her to stay. I don't. Um, you you can't. No? Um, they, yeah, you can't actually convince her to stay because they need to make sure they couldn't like retroactively put her in the game. Yeah. They couldn't have her interact with Jennifer. They couldn't have her be there at the final 
thing at, at uh, you know, yeah. if, if America, uh, it, so the, she actually leaves regardless. You can try though. Yeah. To get, convince her to stay. Um, but she says, oh, Olgird was actually working a professor of hers, uh, you know, a professor who kind of went mad from doing the research that Olgird um, asked him to do. Yes. Uh, which is this kind of optional side quest if you want to get like the quote unquote good ending mm-hmm. for this, right? Like um, this always, this feels a little bit like they literally just somebody goes, oh, yeah, talk to Shani before you go. Uh, and then it tells you this other option. I mm-hmm. wish this was handled a little bit more elegantly. Yeah. I think um, like everything that happens here, I'm down with, but yeah. I feel like this is a little bit ham fisted. Yeah. It just uh, feels like a, like a, like a last gasp, like, Oh, we need to ha- we need to have a different way for this to end. Yeah. You yeah. know, cause otherwise it would just be a little bit too tragic. Right. You know? Um, so what you do, you know, you sneak into the Academy, you do some, some witcher shit. Eventually you find a uh, professor Shakespeare, uh, who's another kind of tragic character. Yeah. Uh, who is, <laughs> who's put this, this is the, the Lovecraftian protagonist who went, uh, went blind, literally blind. Mm-hmm researching this elder god yeah and his entire life now is spent uh in paranoia uh within this summoning circle um you know paranoia that got that gaunter is after him you know uh, olgaird came and said like hey i need to find out how to get rid of gaunter you know and discovers through this professor that gaunter has been popping up you know time and time again for thousands of years yes uh and you know, he has to stay inside this uh, summoning circle. Which Gaunter, uh, Ga- Gaunter made. Yeah, yeah. Gaunter, Gaunter drew and said, like, as long as you stay in there, you're okay. <laughs> you know, and otherwise, that's it for you. Mm-hmm. So just him trying to do this work on behalf of Olgaard and trying to rob Gaunter of his prize, earn that ire. But, you know, Gaunter, again, he's fun Satan. So he doesn't just kill him. He does this kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, we kind of find out a little bit more of that origin. Uh, Olgaard learned about Gaunter from this passing witch went to the crossroads, made a sacrifice, et cetera. Um, you, uh, you kind of find out that somebody in the past had actually beat Gaunter mm-hmm. at his own game. Like his, his, his downfall is his, is his wit and his kind of cleverness and his gaminess. Like right. if you can do a, you know, match his match wits with him, you can possibly win. Yeah. If you, if um, you, if you can find a way to navigate his rules. Yes. Uh, it is also here that, you know, that you find out uh, that this is a temporary setback. Yeah. You know, people have done this before, um, but he always comes back. Right. Like Gondor Odim is permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, again, we need to remind people Gondor doesn't lie. A tremor yeah. causes this beam above Shakespeare to break. Uh, and this causes him to, you know, stumble out of the circle. Um, he falls into a bookcase. Geralt, while, you know, while he's holding the bookcase up, you know, stopping it from falling on Shakespeare, he slips on a wine bottle that's on the ground and falls onto a table, breaking his neck in a million dollar baby style. Yes. Yep. That's how, that's my favorite order at uh, In and Out. Can I get this delivered to me through a feeding tube? Yeah. Can, can you can you resuscitate me up some fries? Got a DNR on my appetite after this. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I didn't realize I was setting you up for that. <laughs> um, but it's a uh, if we go, we talk about how Gondrodim works, right? Like this is generally how he works. I think that's the other thing that's kind of the point of that spoon in the eye uh-huh. uh, scene is that uh, before this, you know, the way he got you out of the uh, Ophiri thing is by causing a storm. Mm-hmm. The way he caused uh, Vladimir to die was by having a table fall on his head. Yeah. Um, you know, he does these kind of things that look like coincidences. Yes. And I think that spoon thing is to show, you know, he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. Like, again, that is that is his gaminess showing. Right. 
Um, so yeah, the, this uh, scholar dies. This unlocks the the ability to do the 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 challenge of the devil ending. Yes. Here. Um, when you get to the temple, uh, Olgerd shows up to get the painting of the rose. Um, you know, he's kind of, he's like, this is an unusual place to meet. Um, you know, and you, uh, you give him the rose or the painting. Right. Uh, and he doubles over in pain. He says, you know, my heart feels like there's a, a spear through it. And then Gondro Dim does one of the best like villain entrances in games as well. Um, I love this. Like this looks so good. Yeah. Talk, uh, to me. talk about it. He, uh, he walks down an invisible staircase from the moon, <laughs> it looks like. And this is, like, such a showy, supernatural thing for him to do. Oh, yeah. Like, you just this is him, uh, you know. He's hamming it up. Yeah, he's super hamming it up. You know, this is him, like, I'm the cat who caught the canary. Like, <laughs> ordinarily, I'm all subtle. I'm in the background of things. No, this is me doing straight up, <laughs> you know, magic demon shit. Because the moment has arrived. Yeah. Um, he's so happy. <laughs> uh, yeah he's so happy because you know this is the final twist of the knife in old gear's mind he thinks that everything is done you know he has found yeah. somebody to fulfill his f fulfill his quest so that the so that the debt can be repaid right and he thinks that his soul cannot be claimed because part of the arrangement was you can only take my soul when we when we all meet together on the moon which yes you fucking we're not going to the moon like siri's not here so we're not going to do that um, yep. So he thinks that this, you know, he has agreed to an impossibility. However, Gaunter is delighted to point out that, oh, I chose this specific temple because we are standing on a mosaic of the moon. Again, master mirror, the image can stand in. The image has power. Mm -hmm. Just like when Shawnee said, roll me to the moon and you roll, you roll out to the reflection and get devoured by Rom and go mad for eternity. Um, yes. this is still the same thing and it fulfills the part of the contract and Odim is here to settle up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, directly based on that, uh, Polish version of the Dr. Faustus legend. Yes. Where in that version, uh, he made a deal with the devil and said, you know, I'll never have to pay my soul. Uh, I'll do that only if you can meet in Rome. Right. And he's like, I'll just never go to Rome, but he ends up getting a bar that is called a translation of Rome. Right. Um, so that is uh, kind of what this is. This is based on that kind of technicality. Mm -hmm. um, so at this point, you know, Olgerd is like, oh, you cheated. He's like, I don't cheat. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. cheat. You know, look, look, check, check the receipts, you know. Um, he's, you know. What do you want? He's like, well, I want your soul. Uh, and he he starts uh, sucking out his soul. Um, this is where you get the uh, the ending here. And I'll, I'll talk about mine because it ends the game. I did both, obviously. Like yep. I saved and did both. But my canonical ending is I gave him up. Um, you can do nothing. Uh, Gontro Dim sucks out Olgerd's soul. It's pretty hard to watch. Like he crumbles into into dust uh, until he's just holding a skull and says, you know, he removes your brand. He says, you know, thank you for your service. You can ask a boon of me. Um, in really good kind of Witcher fashion, you can say, uh, you know, I don't want nothing. I don't want anything from you. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you don't get anything bonus for that. Like I think <laughs> in a Bioware RPG, you'd get experience. Right. You know, extra, even in a good Bioware RPG. You get like bonus experience for doing that. Like you right. get bonus experience for doing that in torment. Yeah. The, um, here you don't. Yeah. You get uh, nothing. If you say you want nothing, you get nothing. Yep. By, 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 by sacrificing some kind of reward, you get a, you get a, a more intangible one. Right. Yes. Yeah, so you, you, if the player gets it, not the character. Right. You know, so again, it's, it's what you, what you wish for is what you get, not what mm. you want. Right. Um, you can also ask for a series of boons, um, that are all pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, they don't have the kind of, you know, some of them do kind of have a little bit of a downside, but um, so you can ask for, uh, a, you know, to never go hungry again. Um, you get a, a food item that never runs out. Um, you get uh, you can ask for a vodka bottle that never empties and you get a, a you get that mm -hmm. um, these kind of gameplay benefits. 
Um, the coolest one and the one that I asked for, um, I think I talked about this on something, but um, uh, like say, we, I wanted... we, we talked off air, like after, after we both. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So I haven't talked about this. I'm like, um, you can ask to be as swift as the wind. Um, I don't summon roach that often when I'm moving places because he can't do verticality well. Right. So I usually just run mm-hmm. to places and I was like, this will increase my movement speed. That's going to be amazing. You know, cause I got, I got blood and wine to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, and you ask him to get swift as wind and he gives you a, a, a saddle that you give roach that turns him into a demon horse that can <laughs> cast uh, Axie on your enemies <laughs> and makes his eyes glow and breathe out black smoke. <laughs> so you, you get a cool demon steed. Yeah. Which you, get, I, you, get, you get a murder horse. Which is pretty rad. Yeah. Like that's not that's not very like in line with my Geralt, but I was still like, okay, <laughs> this is cool. Um, the letting letting old Gary be taken was in line for me because one, uh, you know, as we mentioned, like I don't like the idea. I love the idea of like challenging the devil. Right. You know, that's a super cool thing to do. I just I I hate old Gary. Yeah. I I think he's really bad. I don't I don't have sympathy for him. Like mm. he had his heart like turned to stone, but it was through it was it was, like his, it was through his desire like that is yeah, what he, he <laughs> yeah and and the the iris stuff like got me uh-huh. you know like i was just like man like what a fucking monster <laughs> what an asshole mm-hmm. and my thought was like you know on one end you can say like witchers kill monsters i have to take out odim mm-hmm. olgard's definitely a monster yeah. you know like it's just like witchers witchers rid the world of monsters and if when he had done the shakeslock stuff it had been like hey there's a chance you can remove odim Mm-hmm. You know, like I, nobody has ever done it before, but maybe you can be the person who actually gets rid of this evil in the world. Mm-hmm. Then I would think that was like going to be a good, but the fact that it was definitely like, he's just going to come back. Yeah. I just didn't, you know, I didn't, it wasn't enough to get rid of Odim temporarily. And it definitely wasn't enough to save Olgaird. Right. Like, you know, do, do not care for Olgaird mm-hmm. was where I ended up landing yeah. on it. So well, that's pretty I mean, unpopular. Like if you go online, like most people consider that to be the bad ending. Right. But right. for me, it was just like, I can't, I can't handle that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'll, I mean, s- something that you mentioned before was like, oh, the, the Irish stuff is really bad. But what did it for, what did it for you and your telling of it was uh, he sold out Vladimir. Like, you yeah, know, that, that, yeah. that's a thing, too. Like he just, you know, he gave up a lot in a really kind of evil way. And he tried you can see him trying to make up for it. Right. Like yeah. he talks about how he goes out and drinks with Vladimir all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vladimir talks about he appreciates that and stuff. But like I ended up liking Vladimir quite a bit. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's very sad that he thinks that his brother didn't do this mm-hmm. you know that that kind of something in my own life that i always think of uh that i always think is very tragic is like the idea of that kind of irony right like mm-hmm. when you don't know um it's, it's often happening like this is on a much smaller scale than these deals with the devil but like where uh yeah i've been in a relationship and either uh, i'm going to end it the other person doesn't know yet mm-hmm. or vice versa right and i think that's a really tragic time yeah where somebody has a sword hanging over their head and they don't know it mm-hmm um, you know, or they have this, this kind of thing, this like emotional, this like lie essentially. Yeah. Um, and that's like what old is, right? Like he, he is, a, he self justifies, he lies. Mm-hmm. It's very human. It's not, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean he deserves what happens to right, him. Right. You know, I would choose something lesser than that, mm-hmm. you know, but I also don't think he deserves to be fine and move on and be, be able to live out the rest of his life and just right. be sad because yeah. he fucked up. It's like, ah, uh, you know, something's got to go with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I mean, I, I, I disagree. Um, I, t- I took a different, I, t- I took the different ending, uh, the one that more people took. Um, but I totally get your read on that. Like, you know, him betraying specifically the people closest to him in turns over and over again. And even before, even before all this happened, he was still not a good person. Like, he was a raider. Yeah, was like a raider. He, was, like he, he was, was not yeah. great. Yeah. He was, he was, he was pillaging, Yeah, you know, pillaging and killing and, and like, 
doing doing all these things. Like he's he's a bad dude. Yeah. You know, who got a shitty hand, mm-hmm. but he's still an extremely bad dude. Yeah. Um, I decided to extend him some mercy. Um, I said, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to follow the path that this, uh, that this scholar, uh, brought forward. Mm. Um, before I do that, there's one other thing that you can, that you can get by, uh, by, by, uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should probably say that. Cause it's very cool. Um, if you haven't beat the main game yet, you can say, Hey, I'm looking for Siri. Yeah. And that's another kind of justifiable way that you could be doing this too. Like you're doing the bad ending is like, well, I need help. Siri is the most important thing in the world. Right. Um, and Gontor Odim says like, well, you know, she's hidden from me. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, she's in a realm even beyond my seeing, um, which makes sense, right? They couldn't just give away the plot. <laughs> right. Um, but he says, you know, he did in a rare kind of exception for him. He does give you what you want, not what you wished for. Right. Um, he says, uh, you know, it's not necessary. Bless your words. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Was that cute little okay. sound him? Is he okay? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just sneezing. Okay. He's, he's got a upper respiratory thing, I think. Oh. Um, bless you, buddy. The, uh, so he, uh, uh, he says, I can't, I can't tell you where she's at, but I can tell you what the most important thing is, which is how to kind of save her, like her, the relationship. Right. Um, and he gives you essentially the steps to get the good ending. Right. Uh, with Siri, like, you know, whenever, if Siri is in crisis, stick up for her, but never act in her stead. When she is down, try to cheer her up. You know, these things that are going to be, that are going to strengthen the relationship. Yes. All of that stuff that we gushed about, you know, the steps that you need to take to get the good ending, helping Siri be her own person. Yeah. And I love that kind of meta-ness. Like, mm-hmm. I can't give you the game, but I can tell the player how to win the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, sorry to, <laughs> to stop. No, no, no. I just, I just, I just, sure I just forgot that. to, forgot to, yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. yeah. So, um, following Shakes Locke's advice, um, I propose a game saying, hey, uh, let's basically do double or nothing. Uh, I'm going to challenge you, put my own soul up uh, on the offering, even though I fulfilled my debt already, um, in order to um, take Odim, basically, you know, to, to, to save him from whatever eternal hell awaits take him. Take Ol- Olgerd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Olgerd. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they should not both begin with O. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what happens is, you know, you wake up in kind of this dark version of the temple, and the game is to solve a riddle. Um, and this riddle. Um, I, I don't know the actual text of it. Um, but it, the, the obvious answer is, you know, because he is master mirror, you are looking for a mirror. You're looking for some kind of reflection. Yeah. He gives you a riddle, like a long riddle Yeah, uh, that you can, you can tell is going to be a mirror, you know, like yeah. when you smile, I grin, you know, et cetera. It's a long kind of lyrical thing. Yes. Um, this has a kind of a gameplay climax doesn't totally work for me. Not really. As a thing either. Yeah, I mean, I did both. Like, so I mentioned what my canon choice was, but I did both of these. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is a super strong sequence. I don't know what I would have done differently um, because it's thematically sound, right? Like you're mm-hmm. in this, like this other verse and you're, you're, you have a time limit, you know, to go and find this, this mirror. Um, you keep running up to mirrors and they, they shatter and they're, it's full of distractions. Yeah. Like, like he's, you, uh, he's throwing enemies at you and like Geralt says, Oh, that treasure. wasn't part of the deal. Yep. Treasure. Uh, he threw, uh, he puts a, a, an image of Shawnee there, like in danger saying like, Oh, yep. I've trapped her too. Yeah. Trying to distract you and just trying to, and th- these are all things that the little kid song in the beginning, they say that he'll do these things Yeah, that he'll try to distract you. He'll try to tempt you. It's him doing that. That all makes sense. I just think running around to mirror to breaking mirror, like felt kind of video gamey. Yeah. In in a weird way. And I don't like the layout of this zone. Like it's meant to be confusing. Um, I ended up finding it kind of frustrating. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to kind of like fun, confusing, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's huge. 
uh, you know, it just kind of didn't work for me. The actual answer to the riddle is mine. Yeah. Uh, because again, it plays into that theme. Like he's asking for a mirror. He's gotten rid of the mirrors. You need to give him the, you know, the actually what he wants, a reflection, not the the spirit. Right. You know, he's gotten rid of the spirit. So you actually turn that trick on him, which I like. Yeah. Uh, so what you end up doing is you find a fountain that has been drained and it's, you know, stopped up by these rocks, you know, further up the line. So you use your telekinesis blast to blow those away and fill, uh, fill the trough. And this creates the reflection that has um, that has Master Mirror trapped inside it. Yes, you know. So and so he appears in the water, um, and with that, you're able to banish him. Um, and as he starts dissolving into flame, um, I love this visually because he starts speaking the strange guttural language that is a mixture of a bunch of stuff. There's like Aramaic, there's Polish, there's just all of these archaic things that are um, being translated to you, basically saying, you know, you have made a terrible enemy. I'll be back. You know, you cannot get rid of what Gaunter is. Gaunter is evil personified. You know, he yeah. is more powerful than any force that Geralt has uh, dealt with so far, even more powerful than the crones. Like he is as close to being an elemental force as, as can be. And as he dissolves, he actually like starts breaking into these like geometric patterns and stuff too, as he gets more and more kind of incoherent. Yeah. It's really neat. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fitting little scene. Um, then you get this little uh, kind of denouement, like you you wake back up with Ulgird, um, you know, who has kind of woken you up. You don't have the brand anymore. And uh, you kind of lay out the the rest of the story, I guess, like the stuff that you already know, but you ask him directly. Yes. You know, players figured it out, but Geralt maybe has not heard it all in order. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you ask him uh, what it was like, you know, yes. to have this heart of stone, you know, and he says, like, I didn't wish for that. You know, as a side effect, the three, three things I wished, you know, was to get Iris's hand back, to get my fortune back and to live like there was no tomorrow. And that's what kind of caused me to stop feeling. Yes. You know, and Olgaird apologizes saying like, hey, I didn't, you know, I, I, I knew I was kind of selling you up, but I didn't realize how hard this is going to go. I hope you can forgive me now that I have my heart back. Really, all that I feel like this isn't triumph. It is, I'm just feeling the accumulated sadness, defeat and grief that was put off. Like this yeah. is, you know, this all the monsterism that I've done. Right. You know, he can't you know, live like <laughs> he can't live like he did before because he can die, you know, and yeah. you know, he doesn't know what he should do besides take his fate in his own hand. Yeah. It's a little bit frustrating the scene too, because Geralt, uh, I felt like as much as I like these two endings mm-hmm. quite a bit, like as much as I chose the one that I chose, but I can also see the case for mercy, right? Yeah. Like I, it's not, it's not a slam dunk. Yeah. Um, Geralt spends all this time trying to cheer him up. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like if, if you extend him mercy, there's no, there's no room for like extending him mercy, but still, yeah. Like you're you're not worth my you're still an absolute piece of shit. There should I mean I there, just don't there should be an option to kill him. Like when you killed uh, the the werewolf in the garden, you know, like yeah, you know, I just I I was the judge. I didn't see fit for you to for you know for for you to suffer damnation. However, you know you you, you cannot walk because yeah, you get you, you get know. to go to the real great beyond that everyone goes to, not the scary Gondro dim, you know, lost souls room from Beelzeus, <laughs> right. you know, um, or just like not be so buddy buddy with him. But like you're literally like he is a sad sack here mm-hmm. and you're trying to cheer him up. Like, he's like, I don't know what I'll do. And you're like, we well, you still have all your men. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt like that was not very Geralt like, Yeah, you know, he, him being kind of down on himself and you trying to cheer him up. It's like, Geralt, have you not been paying attention? Yeah. You know, I, I was, I was unsatisfied with my dialogue options here for, for letting this guy off the hook. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I ended up being more sympathetic to Olgierd, you know, despite the horrible stuff that he did. You know, specifically to Iris and, you know, and, and Vladimir specifically, you know, just terribly hurting the people who are close to him. But for me, what it amounted to was getting Gaunter off the table was the higher good. 
regar- yeah. regardless of Olgier. It didn't matter to me if he was away temporarily. You know, any time that he is banished and reconstituting or whatever is still time when he is not tormenting more people like this. Yeah. Um, and for Olgeard, it was basically time served was like he got in way over his head. You know, Master Mirror, despite the fact that he never lied and that's been, you know, despite the fact that he played everything by the rules, he still manipulated and got Olgeard into a position to do more harm than he ever wanted to. You know, so Adim was the real villain here. Olgeard by no means, per- he was by no means perfect, but did not deserve the damnation that he was headed toward and railroaded toward as much as my Geralt decides not to act as the judge, um, <laughs> you know, of, of, of any particular person's fate. Um, I saw, I thought that that was too much, even for what Olgier did. Yeah. He tricked you though. Yeah. That, you, can't, but, you, can't, but, you can't let people trick you, man. But, but I didn't role. They play, gotta go. I, I didn't role play Geralt right. as, as hard in I that know. direction. You know, I know like that's, it, the... it is, it is like a, there is kind of like an old Testamentness to, to letting him go, not just in terms of, what Geralt, uh, Olgerd's fate would be, but also in terms of like allowance for Gondor Odim, right? Because mm-hmm. like Gondor Odim doesn't, doesn't punish good people. Right. Like that's, that's just kind of like, you know, he, and he says as much and I, you, I believe him, like, right? Like Gondor Odim doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. So these are people, it is an outsized punishment, mm-hmm. but it's not an undeserved, it's not undeserved that they should be punished. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like the, the core of it, the idea that this person should have some, some comeuppance and, you know, like for, for Olgerd, what should have happened was, you know, like his debt, his debt would destroy his life and, you know, he would not be in a position, you know, Iris would be able to go on and, you know, marry somebody else, you know, yeah. like, and that would be, that would be the proper punishment for, you know, for him. That was what he was headed toward. He tried to shirk the rules and break the order. Um, and instead, you know, got, got, got Odim involved and it ended up hurting many, many more people as a result of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's still like, it's still, you know, I mean, we don't, we have to relitigate it. Yeah. You know, again, yeah, again I just, I just, I can't... you got you got to say your reasoning. I wanted to get mine out. Yeah. No, of course. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm glad. And again, that make that reasoning makes sense to me. Yeah, it's just it's very hard for me not to come down on the fact that like, well, you know, Odim magnified it, but he didn't make the choices. Right. You know, like he didn't even within even after the 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 wish had already been granted. Mm-hmm. Like it's still Olgier doing the things. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and a lot of the things were not. Uh, cannot really be blamed on like having a heart of stone, right? Like even if you don't care for, uh, you know, somebody necessarily as a person, you should know that it's not good to enslave them for eternity. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just seems like, uh, you know, even if you if you you're kind of cold, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've met some cold people. Yeah, they they don't do that. You know, so it's just yeah. like it, it's still it's just very hard for me not to think that he was. Yeah. It was it's kind of hard, and I think it's a, it's a credit to the game that you, this there's space for this conversation because yeah. it doesn't definitively say one way or another, like. Right it doesn't actually let him off the hook. Right. It doesn't say like, you know, Hey, it was a curse. Like I wasn't, I wasn't myself. Yeah. You know, he never says that like, he, Oh, like it was just because of that. You know, I, I got the devil made me do it. Like right. he never says that. Yeah. You know, he, you know? he didn't realize he, he, he didn't realize when he said what he said, you know, any of those times when he spoke these curses into existence, that was what, what was going to happen. But in the moment he truly meant it. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he had no idea what the consequence of his action was going to be. Yeah. Great character. Like, uh, you know, just, just a really, really, really phenomenal character. Yeah. Um, you know, so it wasn't so much about like, Hey, you are redeemed for, for me, it wasn't so much like you are redeemed through the trial that you've been through, like all of this defeat and sorrow that you're feeling right now, you know, like that (laughs) basically this has been payment deferred. Like, it's not about saying you're redeemed now. This is your chance to, you know, basically get out from these extenuating circumstances and live or die, you know, based on, based on this. 
in 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 real life, like I am, I don't believe in the death penalty. Right. Right. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't want, I don't want people to go. I want people to be. I'm fine with some people being being kind of locked up forever, but I'm much more into like a re- sense of restorative justice. Mm-hmm. Allowing him to live allows for that. I just think again, you know, I kept coming back to like, you know, I can't, you know, I can't suffer monsters. No. Yeah. And again, that kind of like there's it was more of an emotional reaction. Yeah. To this dude. Yeah. You know, so. Um. You're a, I don't want anyone to think that I'm <laughs> I'm going around, you know, pulling the plug on, <laughs> on on old people left and right, and that I think that like, oh, you know, one strike you're out in in, in Gary's hard right Republican world. <laughs> Debate yeah. me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's not that definitely not the case. I yeah. can vouch for that. It's um yeah. So your award for saving him is not that great. Like the reward for uh for for letting uh, Odin get what he wants is much better. You have more options. Basically, you get his sword. Uh, a sword, which is he calls Iris. Uh, I believe it was a gift from Iris's family. Uh, it's a fine sword, and it has a like a special ability. Like you accumulate energy by using it, and then your strong attack um, do, basically does the fire attack that he you know does when he had, when you fight him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment you know when he hands it over, saying like, "Hey, I don't need this anymore. Um, you know, you sh- you should have it." He accidentally cuts his palm, you know, and bleeds, and looks at it. Geralt says, "Oh, sorry," and then um, Olgierd says, "No, you you needn't be." Like, yeah, is this, this is good. Actually, Yep. This is good. Um, you yeah. know, it is good to bleed. It is good to feel. Also, can yeah. you get me a bandage? Yeah. Can you give me a bandage and also a job? There are uh, side quests, mm-hmm. quests in this uh, thing. There's, there's not much to them. Like, I, I don't feel like they are. Uh, there's a whole lot to them, really. No, like they're fine. No. Um, you know, as we uh, so just doing because we already mentioned it, Rose is on a red field. Um, one of Old Geard's uh, band says, like, look into the murder of her partner. Um, you you find the body and you find out that uh, this uh, Order of the Flaming Rose, which you had disbanded in a previous game, um, have turned to making drugs. Fistec. Uh, Fistec. So you go into their lair and destroy them. Yeah. Um, um, but that's really all it is. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty tough fight. Uh, their leader is somebody that you've known before. Like he says, oh, Geralt. I had no idea that this, you know, <laughs> that you would walk in here and then, you'd, you yes. know, it's about settling a score. Yeah. It feels a little bit like them tying up a loose end. Yeah. Yeah. And also like fan candy, you know, for people who played Witcher 2 or 3 or Witcher 1. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I forget which game um, he comes from. I, yeah. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, still, still working on my replay of those. Yeah. Um, the, uh, or first, first played in some case. Um, Without a Trace, I think is a little bit stronger, mm-hmm. uh, even though this is tropey in a way, like a trope that I like, but it's. You know, maybe something I don't have a bottomless appetite for. Yeah. Um, um, the herbalist says, hey, my my apprentice has gone missing. Uh, can you basically follow his trail um, and get him back for me if you can or find out what happens? Mm-hmm. Um, you go there, you find this old couple in this abandoned village. And through kind of detective work and looking around, you find out that they are can- uh, cannibals. Yeah. Um, they're eating. And you. this is, you know, it has a little bit of that cool Witcher flavor. Like this would be a, a fine, like a B plus quest in the main game. Mm-hmm. Just fine. Um, I think I just have a little bit of like crankiness about side quest in the DLC because the focus is really important. Yes. Um, you know, so so this is, you know, you find out and this is you can go back to the herbalist and be like, yeah, he died to some bears. And then that's it. Yep. As far as you know, that's what happened. But if you decide to keep pushing, you get more information. And that's something I appreciate that yes. the series does. Yeah. Uh, like like bo- both of these just feel like sweepings and leavings. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. They, um, they, they, they could have happened anywhere. They don't have to be associated with Hearts of Stone. And and the tax taxman quest we actually talked about in the main episode, uh, but I didn't realize that was part of this DLC. It's because mm-hmm. I had the DLCs installed. Yeah, uh, this showed up. Yeah, 
um, where we mentioned that, you know, listen to that episode, but a tax collector comes and asks you about uh, essentially if you've been exploiting glitches. <laughs> and stuff. That's pretty cute. Yeah. Um, the big gameplay addition to this are the enchantments. Um, this Olfiri uh, craftsman who sets up in this eastern camp, um, and you have to go get him supplies and jade and tons and tons of money. Oh my gosh, so um, much money. Like his initial ask is like 5,000 gold. And then it goes to 10,000. It just keeps going up. Yeah. Like this is for, you know, people kept ending the game with more money they can spend. The game wanted to give you a place to sink it and give you some actual new abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, this introduces rune words that you can put on your weapons uh, and stuff. They give you special abilities. And um, these are pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they take up all three gem slots yep. on a sword. You have to have three slots, but uh, it takes up all three of them and it gives you a kind of a unique ability. Mm-hmm. So um, the thing I ended up getting, this was still before I switched over to Ard, which I did in, in Blood and Mine, but I was still doing my Igni uh, kind of build. Um, my Igni would jump from person to person. Oh, wow. If somebody was on fire, it would jump to the next person. Nice. Um, and we had a chance to keep doing that. So it could chain. Yeah. Um, and that was like very cool. Like I had the sword that allowed me to set a lot of people on fire, which I like setting people on fire in these games. <laughs> um, so they're pretty, uh, huge, huge, huge investment, but pretty cool abilities. Yeah. Um, I ended up not really engaging with this. So I'm going to do it before I jump into, uh, jump into blood and wine. So um, don't do it before you jump into blood and wine. Cause yeah. there's, there's another use for money in blood and wine. Okay. Uh, that is, I think, uh, I did the one, uh, I, I did the one, I did the 5,000. Um, okay. Yeah. So I can, I can yeah. at least get a basic one. L- look at the, look at the things you unlock because uh-huh. they get more kind of, they get more powerful, but they get more situational. Mm-hmm. If there's one you really want, like save up money for it, but getting the grandmaster witcher gear, uh, also gives you a special ability when you have a full set Yeah. and is a huge money sink okay. in blood and wine. Like that will be very expensive. So, um, I would do that first if I were you. Okay. Yeah. And that's pretty yeah. much everything. Like that yeah. is the, the, the that is Hearts of Stone. I mean, we glowed so much about this, you know, and we 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 identified some problem just by kicking the tires and talking it through. But like, I don't know, it's still like an unqualified recommendation. Like, I'm yeah, it's so super minor. I'm so happy that we played this, and I understand everybody who you know when I was gushing about the main game, like, oh, you're not he's not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but this wasn't, you know, crystal and fat. This was, you know, some of the sweetest marrow uh, to be found in this gigantic old 96er. Yeah. If you're one of those weird people who eat marrow. Um, <laughs> I, the, uh, I'm not, but I knew I know that that is it's a thing that looks like garbage that some people covet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty strange. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, the um, yeah, I mean, the, those the kind of like flaws and stuff, those things where this could be slightly better. Like, it's very hard not to think of ways things can be slightly better mm-hmm. when you're when you're doing this kind of uh, kind of close read of it. It doesn't matter. Right. Like, it is still like this gets the, you know, again, the, the, the Torment Memorial Prize for game writing. Like, there's so much ethical space to explore in this story, mm-hmm. you know, so we can have that conversation at the end um, of the thing. But even down on an individual level, like looking at uh like vladimir in general like the entire the wedding uh scene Mm -hmm. you know that is a like a philosophically and kind of thematically very rich vein no um you know what do you do with one left one day left yeah of life like it's like every single thing from this could spawn a a 1990s jim carrey movie (laughs) 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 it's the highest praise i can give it like this could become could become a yes man or a liar liar. 
or a liar, a liar, or any of those things that ask those philosophical questions, like what if a man could not lie? What if a man always had to say yes? What if a man could uh, give in to his period? You know, yeah. this, this is like that. Jesus, that is that, that is that is a that is a much uh, a much deeper read on the mask than I expected. I thought you were going to go with what if a man desperately wanted somebody to stop him, but nobody could. <laughs> what if a man solved crimes but for cats? Um, <laughs> but like the uh, uh, it just it's just like the, those things, you know. So in that thing, it's like, what does this say about Gerald? What does this say about Johnny? What does this say about uh, you know the afterlife? Yeah. In the, in this world, like it's just they every every one of these things except perhaps the heist one. Yeah. Um. Ask ask these questions. Yeah. The, you the, know, the, like the heist gets by on pure style, I think. Yeah. The, the heist, heist is very fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun, but it's not, uh, and it's another piece of the puzzle with Olgierd's life. But it's not. Uh, it's not as thematically rich. But who yeah. gives it? You know, it, it's it's the you know it doesn't yeah. really matter. It's a piece of lettuce on an amazing burger. <laughs> right. You know, um, it's not going to make it, but it it doesn't hurt. Right. Um. You know, and just the fact that you can kind of. The, it makes me more excited about this universe, the idea that, like, Gondor Dim is in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that makes me... I know that it's, you know, he's not a huge part of the books. I know that uh, all the stuff that he shows up in, like, the little references to him mm-hmm. that show up uh, before and after this, there's a couple of them in Blood and Wine, um, are just little Easter eggs. But it's an Easter egg of something that is so laser-focused on me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I I want, like, a Needful Things yeah. Satan. Like, I am so down for, like, a... You know, somebody, uh, an otherworldly evil, be- like, you know, the outsider, like any, any number of these like Nyarlathotep type figures tend to be my favorite parts of games. Yeah. Because I think it's a very interesting construct and you get a lot of interesting uh, kind of drama and philosophical questions from this stuff. Yeah. And even from a pure, just like, this is, this is enjoyable fiction standpoint. If you want to hear how much I love a Randall Flagg figure, just go listen to Radio Free Midworld. It is, yeah. you know, unanimously one of the best things about that series. Yeah. Yeah, I, I that kind of character is one of the big appeals, you know, is is one of the things that like if something's going to get my inroads into Stephen King, it's going to be the villains. Right. You know, um, that's what that's what I like. And even the Stephen King stuff I've done, that's what I want. Yes. You know, is, is, are these kind of villains like. um, Yeah, it's just it's just it's very made for me and mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's just it's extremely strong. Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's really hard not to, you know not to oversell it or, or come up with new things to say about it other than that. Like I felt like people were overselling it to me, honestly, like in the lead up, I was worried that the process of playing the main game and being buffeted with people saying, Oh my gosh, but hearts of stone the entire time would have diminished this. And who knows if it did like, you know, the, the, the who knows if that like lowered the ceiling on this, that is probably infinitely high for my enjoyment. Yeah, like you, you love it, but you could have loved, loved you know, yeah. it. Um, no, it didn't. And so I don't think that we're in danger of overselling it. Um, you know, if you've listened to this, you already know the, the, some of the ins and outs and, you know, the, the basics of what happened at the very least. Um, but no, I don't think it's possible to oversell. Yeah. It's just, it's a really, it's, and it's a time tested kind of story, Yeah, you know, but it's, it's one that's very interesting because of the context it's, it's presented in, you know, the fact that they do allow the other story they want to tell, like I talked about the railroading a little bit the allowances for gameplay and kind of role-playing that they allow in it are really strong. Like they took something that is just a fable, uh, like a morality play that is as old as time and put me in it, mm-hmm. like put a player in it in a way that was far more successful than not. Yeah. And I think a huge part of that is they didn't take, usually the protagonist in this is somebody who is on the, on the, <laughs> on the receiving end of a very bad deal. No, yeah. it, like the like the, the deal in question, this entire story is about, you know, what happened between Olgierd and Odem. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Again, yeah. like similar shades of the first game where the strength of the Witcher is not in you being the main character. The right. same way the, the Witcher 3, uh, the Wild Hunt, is series story. Right. This is Olgier No Dim story. Right. Um, <laughs> and, blood and, blood and, and Wine is the same. Like, Blood and Wine also is essentially some other people's story. Yep, you are stuck between the Envoys and the Wine Boys. Yeah, yeah, envoys and wine boys. Um, you, uh, that's just a really strong part of the formula, mm-hmm. you know, and a huge part of why I find this series and this franchise so refreshing. Yeah. Um, you know, is that it's not like, I'm not going to save the world. I'm not a chosen one. Nobody gives a shit about me. Like <laughs> I'm here to witness this cool stuff. I am a tool. I'm, like, like at every turn you are a tool for, you know, bigger movers and shakers, right? To see, to see stories, yeah. you know, so you, you lose a lot of that dissonance that happens with, being a character in a story in an interactive medium, you know, um, contrast this with, uh, uh, Titanfall two, which has an incredibly weak story. So that that's kicking, you know, that, that's a, that's a <laughs> stop, bazooka stop, with a fly swatter. Dead. Yeah, that's, you know, but like part of the reason why, uh, that why that was so silly is because and why that part of that felt so gross is that it was a story about me, the avatar. So when I do amazing things and the characters look at me and go, wow, good job. You know, uh, Campbell or Ra- you know whatever his name is Parker so something like that um, Malcolm I don't know but when, <laughs> whenever they say you know good job to you it feel it felt off yeah. you know when we, we commented on that it felt off this this series doesn't do that because they make you um, a big part of a larger story as opposed to being the focus of it so you just don't end up having these characters kind of like S and your D constantly like people mm-hmm. there are people who respect Geralt but it's because they're his friends and most people don't yeah. like they do have you as a, a tool. That's retreading a little bit of ground from the wild hunt episodes, but yeah. this is a great example of that. Yeah. Um, you know? which, which why is, isn't why is nobody to... using it? You know, why, why no other games doing this as a, as a thing? You know, um, I mean, I mean, empowerment fantasy is good. And it's not to say that like the Witcher three in general writ large or the Witcher series in general, isn't about what a badass Geralt is. You know, he is a competence elemental, et cetera. And on down the line, it is just not really, underlined too much in a, in the broad structure of the story and where he fits in the world. Yeah. It's, it's presented in a different way yeah. than that usually is. And like, I just feel like we have so many empowerment fantasies, mm-hmm. you know, in games. Like I want to see more of this kind of like, I'm a party to a story that's going on mm-hmm. that's bigger than me, you know, and in my favorite games, that's always kind of part of it. Right. Like yeah. if you look at something like, um, you know, if you look at something like Deus Ex, like you are, you are dealing with forces beyond your ken. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's like here's the Illuminati, here's AIs, here, are, you know, all of these things that are just kind of beyond me, and I'm stuck in it. And it's the story, you know, yes, of J.C. Denton, but it really it's of these forces mm-hmm. in the world, or, um, you know, New Vegas, where it's like, you know, I am the person who's tipping the balance, but these things are extant, and it is their story. They each have yeah. their own kind of like agency and that's great like stop telling me stories about me (laughs) video games like i'm i'm kind of done with it like it is it is uh it's very tired yeah as 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 kind of a thing and this just feels very fresh to me as as an approach and it's such a good example of it like i'm really looking forward to blood and wine as well which is like not quite as strong but is also has a lot of really good things about it yeah um yeah and we will be again we don't have on the schedule but it'll be this year yeah uh, this is a down payment for our promise to cover every Witcher 3 thing. <laughs> so. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. And I'm just, I'm so excited about that cyberpunk game. Mm-hmm. Like bring this kind of ethos and this, uh, this level of one thing about this being a DLC, right? Like this is like a, a $10 DLC. That's a huge value. Like we don't like talking about hours to dollars or kind of value of game to dollar, but like 
this has the same this doesn't feel tossed off at all no. this feels like a lot of ways like the main game is a dry run for this not the other way around mm-hmm. um you know it, it has the same kind of care put into it that the main game does yeah and you don't always see that with a with kind of DLC content or added content to things. I mean, it's it's a distinction that we've lost. It is uh, it is a word that isn't really thrown around. Expansion, right? Yeah. This this would be shipped as an expansion pack. You know, if it was released a decade earlier, it would be a Mask of the Betrayer. Yes. Yeah, and it's and it and it has that kind of everything that goes with not just in terms of scope, which is generally what you associate with that, but also in mm-hmm. terms of quality. Yeah um high, highest recommendation and yeah. you know as much as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode it's a little bit hard to just start this mm-hmm. uh without playing the main game if you're just like listen gary and cole i am so skeptical about your witcher praise like it, it can't actually be good i read some people saying it was bad it's actually probably bad i cannot put 80 hours into a thing um or if you put like 10 hours into the main game and it didn't hook you i still think this is probably worth a shot mm-hmm um, because if you care, like if you care about storytelling in games, like if you care about characterization and writing and everything, I think that this is catnip. Yep. You know, it'll be very hard to resist this. If the combat is bugging you out, just crank the difficulty way down. This game or this expansion specifically has a lot of difficult boss fights that are that were even difficult for us having gone through the main game. Yes. Um, it is worth it is worth just kind of banging your head through this. Yeah. And and there's kind of comparative there are long stretches with no combat as well. Yes. This is comparatively combat free. Mm hmm. Not combat free, but low on combat. So um, don't let that scare you off. It just, you know, highest recommendation. You know, I just said, you, you got to play Hearts of Stone, guys. No. Got to play Hearts of Stone. Yeah. Um, really, really good. Uh, next episode, we are talking about Breath of the Wild. Yep. Uh, that's going to be a two-parter. Uh, part one on systems, part two on the uh, the quest. Uh, that, And we're going to be joined by John Hurst to sponsor that episode. Yeah. Uh, looking yeah. looking forward to that. I recently finished uh, Breath of the Wild or rolled credits. I didn't finish it. It's a massive game. You got all uh, the Karaxes because <laughs> you hate yourself. Uh, <laughs> well, I hate myself, yeah. but I didn't do that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's a squares and rectangles thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, looking forward to, uh, to talking about that at length. Um, <laughs> next month, so in March, God, this year is going by really quickly. Uh, in March, we are doing... Um, some kind of a vent crawler adjacent stuff. So we are covering Bioshock two. Um, mm-hmm. and then the next episode, we're covering Minerva's den kind of a similar expansion set kind of mindset for those two. Um, again, no, no, notable beefy DLC that is uh, kind of universally beloved. Um, and then finally we are going to have another guest episode, another executive produced episode. We're having Justin gut on to talk about Ultima underworld. Yeah. I'm excited about all those things. I've already played through Bioshock 2, and I'm about halfway through Minerva's Den. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. So for people who don't know this, and you probably do, Minerva's Den is how the Fulbright crew uh, got most of their start. Like, they worked on Bioshock 2, mm-hmm. but they uh, had some authorship over Minerva's Den, and boy, is it obvious in retrospect. Nice. Like, I love it. It's it's all these, like, little things. Like, um, it's little last things. night I was... It is little things. Um, like, last night I was playing, and in Minerva's Den... All the uh, vending machines have lots of food in them. Uh-huh. So like, they still have weapons and stuff. They have to for game balance. But I can just imagine like Steve and Carla being like, it's a vending machine. Like these people have to eat, you know, <laughs> doing that kind of signature 0451 immersive sim, you know, ecology. Yeah. Th- thoughtful environment. Yes. Thoughtful environment stuff. And it's, it's, uh, it's on display. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, um, Fulbright, if you don't, I mean, if people don't know that name by, by, uh, uh, you know, just by its name, uh, there's people who did uh, Gone Home and Tacoma. Yes. So some of my favorite game developers yeah. uh, working now uh, and, and great people. 
Um, and really looking forward to playing Ultima Underworld, which is something that I, by all rights I should have played, yep. given that it is like you draw a line from that to, you know, my favorite genre. Yeah. Like that's why there's Dishonored. That's why there's Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, in April, we are going to be at the Midwestern Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, doing a live show. Yes. We're going to be talking about the Donkey Kong Game Boy game. Not Donkey Kong Land, but Donkey Kong 94 is how you find that. Uh, that is, you know, it takes the, the Donkey Kong formula and puts out a bunch of, uh, p- turns it into like a bunch of puzzle platformer levels. Yes. And you don't have to play as the titular Kong. No, no. Which no. I appreciate. You are the man um, who jumps. He lacks style and he lacks grace. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. And you should come and uh, say hi to us. Yes. Um, so we will have details about uh, specifics of our meetup. We're going to be sharing a table with the Retronauts uh, and also mm-hmm. probably sharing uh, uh, sharing a meetup. Watch our social media for those. We would love to see you. Yes. Uh, come say hi to us and come say hi to Bob and Jeremy. We're lovely, lovely people. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, so if you want to support this, uh, you can support us by heading on over to patreon.com slash duckvtv. Uh, people have been uh, very supportive lately, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like as of now, we may have made our next goal, but we'll we'll see what happens with the uh, credit card declinations. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a bunch of cool rewards. That's how you sponsor episodes, how you sponsor months. And one of the rewards is you get thanks on air. Yes. Uh, so we would like to thank uh, Charles Hamilton. Yes. Uh, we and I wonder like... if that's, uh, that's Chuck Hamilton. That might be one of my old coworkers. Oh. Uh, and if so, hey, Chuck. Hi. So, yeah. Yeah. If not, um, hey, Charles. We would like yeah. to thank Angus Hager Guthrie. It's a great name. Very good name. Yeah. Uh, Tom Jacques. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. Thank you, Elias Toner. We interact with you on Twitter, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I definitely know uh, Elias. Thank you. And thanks to Lance Davis. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to join them, again, that's patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Uh, the other thing you can do is write us reviews, uh, ratings, uh, talk about us on message boards, kind of generally spread the word. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I stream. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just over the course of these past few months, we've added a video component, uh, to some of the stuff we do. Uh, so if you go to twitch.tv slash duckfeedtv or youtube.com slash duckfeedtv, you can find our offerings there. I do let's plays of horror games and, um, JRPGs working on Breath of the Wild 3 right now. Uh, and you mm-hmm. working uh, on Breath of Fire 3. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Whoops. Breath of, yeah. I have made that mistake so many times. Breath of Fire 3. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And you, um, you do, uh, choose your own adventure books. It's true. I read, yeah. uh, for people. Um, it's been a little bit spotty mostly because of stuff with my cat, uh-huh. as I mentioned. Um, but, uh, I'm looking forward to coming back in on a regular schedule for that. Uh, that's Fridays at three. Um, cool kind of does weekend, weekend nights and weeknights. Yeah. So you can check out, uh, that Twitch thing. All those things get archived on YouTube as well. Yep. So if you are stressed out by appointment internet, mm-hmm. uh, it is all extant. Later. Yes. Um, and my, my videos are edited. Don't think that it's just like a, like a, like a full, like blast of the pl- of play. So don't, uh, if you're, if you're worried about that being a problem, then, you know, they're edited. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that's probably about it. Think so. Anything else? Yeah. No? Um, yeah. Thanks everybody. Um, and, uh, we will, uh, until next time, watch out for Gondro Dim. <laughs>
In another dimension, another time and space, a parallel universe was falling on its face. When out of the chaos, who can else it be but the animal adventurers from SPACE? Gaunter! Captain Gaunter O'Dim! Mutants and aliens and toads beware! You're looking for adventure? Well, this is it! With Geralt and... Gaunter! Captain Gaunter O'Dim! Oh, you're here on the 